apartment Fuck B, 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 B. You're now tuned into the Apartment 5B podcast, where we chop it up about hip-hop, R&B, sports, love, and life. Hosted by Kill. 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 What's good, what's good, what's good? You are tuned in to Apartment 5 Podcast, hosted by your man, Kill. You see squads in effect tonight, as always. We're starting with little sis Porsche. What's going on, miss? Not a whole lot, Kill, all is well. Good to see Ev right. here. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ev is in the building. Ev, the OG, is in the building. The OG, that's right. Well, Illadelph, 6 is 3 and 0 oh, with James Harden. We looking good. We looking great. We feeling good. We feeling great. What's good with you, bro? Yeah, it's looking good, man. Everybody online hating, but yeah, you know I mean, we can't hey, have nice things. I tell you this, bro. Ben Simmons is now Brooklyn's problem, and I love to see it. Here's the thing: before we even get started, one of my people said to me was like, "Yo, you really? Why you pay so much for them tickets on the tenth? You really thought Ben Simmons was gonna play?" And I really, honestly, did because that would have been enough time for the mental health bullshit to go by. Mm-hmm. Plus, he would have been like, "Yo, I got Kyrie and KD with me." So I'm like, I didn't know he was so much of a bitch ass nigga to now make up back problems too. Like you done made up a whole new ailment to continue to keep you out. And it's just like, I just didn't, I knew he was a bitch ass. I didn't just know he was that much of a bitch ass that you're just going to keep making excuses to not play. But you know what? That's Brooklyn's problem now. But I told somebody earlier, they was like, yo, when you going to let the boy live? Never. I'm never going to let the nigga live. For the we simple fact, he could have simply said, and I need to do PR, because these niggas get paid millions of dollars and do horrible PR. If I'm Rich Paul, I'm like, bro, you got to take out an ad in the paper. You got to apologize to the city. In fact, nigga, do a video. If he would have done a video like, look, y'all, Philly, y'all had my back. I'll let y'all down. I apologize. Woo, woo, woo. Yo, I'm donating 500000 to the Boys and Girls Club. We're going to fix up some basketball courts. Woo, woo, woo. I would have been like, yo, that's love. That's love. Go do your thing elsewhere. But the fact that that nigga just left and ain't say shit, and now nut ass Steph, Seth Curry talking about he don't owe us an apology, he a nut ass now too for saying some dumb shit. I get you got to have your new your man's back. You just talking too much, nigga. You, you talking too much now. You know goddamn well he owes an apology, and that's my problem. I told people, Markel, folks, I wish him nothing but the best. I wish him nothing but the best. I just, I just but for Ben, I want that nigga to fucking be back in Australia walking fucking kangaroos. Like, that's what I want that nigga to be fucking doing. Fuck walking dogs. I want that nigga to be walking kangaroos and fucking koala bears for a fucking living. Okay? And I wish nothing but that for him. So, that's that. That's what I wish for that nigga. Anyway, freestyles. Yo, dead ass, man. I want that nigga with a koala in one fucking hand looking like a fucking pregnant mother and two kangaroos on a leash like this trying to make ends meet because that nigga wanted to do Philly like that, nigga. Nut ass nigga, boy. I mean, dog, you that much of a nut ass nigga, dog. That's why I thought you're going to get some balls. You're going to grow some type of balls. 
because you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie. To me, that would be like my fuck you, Philly. Like, yo, I'm on this squad, bro. We, we going to kill y'all. And you still shook? You are the yellow back nigga that P was talking about on Shook once. You are the, literally the yellow back nigga. The yellow that back P, nigga. The yellow back nigga that P was talking about on Shook once. You look that shit up on Genius, it's going to be a fucking picture of Ben Simmons. When you click on, you know how you click on shit on Genius and it'll break down? It's just going to be a picture of Ben Simmons, the yellow back nigga. That's what Ben Simmons is. That, 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 yo, here's the thing, bro. Richard Jefferson said this, stay petty so you don't have to get petty, okay? If I was Doc Rivers and my man Clarence said this, I would foul Ben Simmons the second he stepped on the fucking floor. Just to put him at the free throw line. Just to fuck with him. Fuck a hack-a-shack at the end of the quarter, nigga. As soon as the game starts, nigga. I'm going to find some nigga at the end of the bench just to foul out. They're going to be like, yo, why the fuck is Bobo starting? You about to find out because Bobo going to foul the fuck out. He going to foul out. I'm going John Chaney. Yeah. Uh, Yes. The goon. Get in here. (laughs) There you go. There you go. The goon squad. The goon squad. So that's my spill on Ben Simmons. Fuck that nigga. Eddie, what's good with you, bro? Yo, man, I'm good, man. And uh, for, for y'all, man, listen, man. Kill, kill, kill been on this energy with Ben Simmons for years now. Like, yeah, kill, kill was the first. Even yeah. when Ben Simmons was an all star, Kill was like, nah, you know, man, he needs to work on his shot. Every time we see videos of him shooting threes, he never takes one in the game. And uh, yeah, everyone finally caught up. But yeah, yeah man, I'm good, man. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. My brother, Ev, the OG, the originator, where all these podcasts, Writers Bench 5B started from, me and his conversations that would last for three hours on the phone in the middle of the fucking day. That's why I couldn't get no promotion back in the day because I was fucking talking to this nigga all day. All what's going on, good brother? I'm well, brother. I'm well. Again, thank y'all for having me in the, in the house. Stop with that. Thank you, you for having that shit, man. I'll be on the other side, man, and that's just the time frame is always kind of tough. But uh, I, I, I want to get this one, and I got to get that Monday night thing too. Yeah, the spaces, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. No doubt. And DJ Rack One, what's going on, good brother? I'm good, man. I, I'm just loving the intro, and I'm excited for today's uh, topic, man. Yeah, man. Fuck Ben Simmons. <laughs> that's today's topic. Fuck that nigga. And you know that song, How Many Ways by Tony Braxton? Like, how many ways can I say fuck you to Ben Simmons? Like, how many ways? Yeah, how many ways? Tell me. Can I say fuck you? Just tell me how many ways. How can I count the ways? So wish nothing but I, I honestly want to see that nigga back in Australia walking kangaroos and holding koala bears for a living. Cause that's what that nigga deserves. Porsche, this topic is your topic. Why don't you set us off and let us know what we're talking about today? Sure. Um so I was in a conversation with a friend of mine on the phone and we started talking about the conversation started talking about DJ Quick and Too Short and somehow rolled into and, and kind of evolved into um, how timing played a role in certain MCs getting to wherever they are at the present time or for a time. Um, and then in the middle of the conversation, I was like, this is a dope topic for Apartment 5B. I'm going to hit up Kill as soon as I get off the phone with you, which I did. Um, so today's topic is which MCs kind of when was there a void or where was there a void in hip-hop that an MC came and sort of like swept in and took took advantage of that to kind of 
you know, like better their career or catapult their career or start their career, whatever it is. Um, and I think we're going to do hip hop and R&B for those of us who have either or. Right. Right. So when Porsche hit me with this, I was looking at timing as different things. Two examples. You got Kane in the Don't Curse video, the heavy D drum. I remember watching the video and you see Kane in a purple silk shirt with a bottle of champagne. And we like, yo, what's up with this? What's up with your man? Like, niggas used to call me Big Daddy Kill in high school. Ev went to high school with me, so Ev knows the old Big Daddy Kill stories. So niggas are looking at me like, yo, what's up with your man? Why this nigga got on the, the purple button up and everybody else got on, you know, the hip hop gear or whatever. But then you fast forward five years and who's standing around with a silk button up shirt and a bottle of champagne in his hand but Jay-Z. So it's just that that the timing wasn't right for that. You know what I mean? Because you fast forward five years and that's what everybody's doing. You got AZ, everybody got on a silk shirt with a bottle of champagne in their hands. Or for the hoop side of things, you got my man, I always use this example, my man Lynn Greer out of Philadelphia. Went to ENS Engineering and Science with the Temple on the Don John Cheney. He was about he's about six two, maybe about six two, and he was a shooting guard. He's not even six two, right? Maybe six five nine. Five, God damn, he's 5'9"? I thought he was at least six feet. Nah, he, All right. he listed, he's listed as 6'1", but he okay. probably, he probably, I give him probably like 5'10", 5'11", All right. maybe. Alright, so maybe we're talking an Allen Iverson type player, but he yes. played two guard in college. He was not a point guard, he was a shooting guard, but he came out in 2002. And in 2002, people were not drafting six foot two shooting guards like that. We all now know that Steph Curry, thanks to the Steph Curry effect, you will draft a six foot, you know, look at Trey Young. You know what I mean? Back in 2002, Trey Young's not getting drafted in the first round. Now, keep in mind, Len Gray, I want to say, led the nation in scoring that year. And if he didn't, it was very close to it. The more what I'm saying is that the timing wasn't there yet. We weren't, people weren't going to draft. This dude didn't get drafted at all. Not the first round, not the second round. So, again, now because of the Steph Curry effect, now the timing is that a guard like Trey Young can get drafted much higher up. So, just looking at things like timing, and then for me, sometimes I, I also looked at it like maybe people opening the door for it. So, like Poor said, there was a void there, and this person filled the void, but then here comes the, 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 the gate gets open, and now everybody else is coming up doing that. So, Porsche, why don't you set us off? Uh, ladies first, what you got up for who sure. advanced their um, career by time? So I'm going to start off with, and I talk about this every now and then, um, Jay-Z to me. Uh, when when Big passed away, there was, I, I, I wasn't in New York, but from what I hear about the atmosphere in New York at that time was everyone was just, hip-hop was just, like, got hit on a morale side really badly. And, and there was just a emptiness in the city, um, in hip hop, of course, we felt it on this side of, you know, not even the United States, but on this side of the continent. Um, so I can just imagine what New York was like. And then here comes Jay-Z with City Is Mine. And of course he's paying homage to Big and he's bigging up Big and everyone's like, oh, this is what we needed. Like, you know, it was sort of like that, I don't know, like that, that sort of, um, he kind of stepped into that void and he filled it. Um, he filled it and, and that's where, and I think that that played a tremendous part in Jay's trajectory. Now I don't want Hovengers assembling in my mentions, um, telling me that I'm hating. I'm not saying he wouldn't have been where he is now if Big was still alive. He absolutely would have. It's just this 
I think accelerated that process for him exponentially. Um, it would have maybe taken Jake, he would have been in the exact same position, still the greatest, still all these great things, but it just would have taken him longer. So for me, um, Jay is like the the prime example of this, um, of, of what this topic really entails, is that Big passed away, he kind of scoops in and then takes that, you know, King of New York thing. Right, right. <clears throat> um, that's number one for me too. Um, you call them the whole Avengers, I call them the Jehovah Witnesses, and they live on my timeline anyway, so fuck them, let them come again. Um, I say this, I disagree with one, I agree with you to a point. I don't think Jay becomes who he is if Big never dies, in my opinion. Um, one thing I've learned about life, and people, I tell people this all the time, I don't argue or debate opinions, I only want to look at facts. I'm too goddamn old, I got too much shit to do with my time, my time is precious, so I'm only going to argue facts. Here's the thing. To me in life, there's only room for one. And Jay said, he said there's only one presidential suite. This was the, it was the issue of XXL and it had like the whole Rockefeller on the cover. Like they did like a, a president photo shoot or something like that. And Jay was saying there's only one presidential suite. Me, Damon Biggs can't all stay in that one presidential There's one, there's one president, then there's a vice president. There's one principal. Then there's a vice principal. You can't have. That's why none of these things. The Def Jam with Rick and um, Russell with LaFace with LA and, and and Babyface. These two people cannot both be the president. It just can't. It it doesn't work. That's a fact. It doesn't work. And to me, there there can only be one spot. There can only be. And, and Ludacris said it. It is the number one spot. And I always say again. All my hoop heads will understand me with this. When Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury both got drafted in the '96 draft. They were the exact same player. Point guard, flashy, both at this time in 95, 96 were the only people with tattoos. Both came from the hood. There was only room for one. You can look at it and say, why both of these dudes can't get love? They're both incredibly talented. It don't work like that. Allen got all of the love. And Steph spent the bulk of his career trying to get whatever Allen got. What Allen get? What contract he got? That's what I want. Where, where Allen play? I got to get out of Minnesota. I need to be where Allen is. There's only one spot. And the thing is, is here's the fact. When Big and Jay were alive, Jay was going multi, I mean, Big was going 5 million, and Jay was struggling to, to get to 500,000. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. It's a fact. Now, I've heard people say, well, well, Jay had, I mean, uh, Biggie had bad boys. So, of course, he was going to, you know, get more, you know, bang for the buck because Puffy is, he's got the, the, the money and everything like that. And I'm like, cool. But then at the flip, y'all can say Jay was, Jay Jay was the dude who had, uh, what do you say? He had the National Guard come and get him. According to Jay, he'd been spending money since '88. So Jay had just as much money, yes, as Bad Boy would have to do as much promotion as he needed. It's documented that he was paying producers with drug money coming in, giving ski beats. Uh, Nike shoe boxes full of money for beats and getting in D&D studios and getting on the radio and all that. So, to me, there was only one spot and it was obvious who people were fucking with. They fucked with Big. That's just the fact. Again, this isn't my opinion. It's a fact that they only fucked with Big. Big seems way more cooler than Jay. If you ask me, Kill, who would you want to hang out with? Big. Big looked like he was fun. Big looked like he'd have you laugh and Big looked like you could have a good time with Big. Jay seems like that type dude you you would be laughing with, and then he'd snap and get on some old rah-rah shit and try and play you or something like that. You know what I mean? So, 
Big was the dude. Women love Big. Women love Big no matter what. You know what I mean? So to me, there's only one spot. That spot was Big. And you don't go from selling 500,000 to selling 5 million records. Now, people like to bring up the fact of, well, Kill Big died in 97. And if that was the case, then why didn't Jay's second album sell as much as the third album? Well, that's because Big had just died. So people were, we weren't looking, that that hole wasn't there yet to be open. We, we just got Life After Death. So it's not like we got ready to die in 93, then Life After Death in 95, and then Jay comes in 97. We had just got Life After Death, so we were still living with Big. We still got the Puff um, Bad Boy joint with the Benjamins and Victory and all. So we were still hearing Big Versus when that second album came out. And then let's not act like that second album, half of that album wasn't a dud with him trying to follow Big's formula. So to me, at the end of the day, you don't go from selling 500,000 records to 5 million records. You know what I mean? Without some type of phenomenal push. Motherfucker, Money Cash Holes was not that great of a song. To push you from 500,000 people liking you to 5 million. I loved Hard Knock Life. It wasn't that goddamn good of a song to take you from 500,000 people to 5. I don't think people really understand how much of a jump. That is a 4.5 million jump of people that are now buying your records. That could have brought the first one. That could have brought the second one. It's obvious there's more enough people that, that people could have said, you know what, we're going to buy both. But they didn't. And it's not like with reasonable doubt you had to go in some back cellar or some hood. You could go walk in Sam Good. Wherever you got life after death, you could have brought reasonable doubt. So it's not like, yo, it was crazy independent and you had to be in Brooklyn and you had to be in Marcy. Any record store you walked in, I copped the second album from Sam Goody at, uh, at five points in Atlanta. So it's not like it was like, oh, well, I can't find it. Niggas decided who they was rocking with and it was big. So I agree with you 100% on that force. Jay inherited Big's entire fan base. I will give more examples of this happening in R&B and in hip-hop. And again, you can't have two. They were too similar. Both these dudes from Brooklyn. Both of them don't write their rhymes down. Both of them rap about money, clothes, drinks, champagne, cars. They literally were the same exact person. The same way Stephen AI was literally the same exact point guard. One is from Brooklyn, one is from Virginia. They both from the hood, they both got flashiness to their game, everybody rocked with AI. Same way everybody rocked with Big. So I agree with you on that Porsche. Jay was mine too. On the R&B tip, I got this person. Oh, my fault. Can I, can we speak to that point? That you oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, just, I didn't know if everybody, everybody else can chime in. I didn't know if that was on anybody else's. So we can go around and, and talk about that, but you can set it off him. Yeah, you know, you have some good points, but I wanted to touch on them a little bit more. Um, one, yes, I definitely uh, feel like Jay inherited Big Big's uh, fan base. Uh, I've always been curious as far as, like, whose decision was that? If it was a calculated decision, if it was just the time. Like, of course, it's timing. But whose idea was it? You know what? It's a whole fan base now that's looking for somebody to follow. Let's start dropping stuff now. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm always very, and I don't have an answer to that, but I'm always very curious as far as if that was a, like a actual plan, whose idea was it to put that plan in action? But I will say this. Um, now, I don't be on Twitter, so y'all can hit me up as much as you fucking want. I don't care. I, I, I tell niggas all the time, you keep tweeting at me, nigga, you're going to be talking to a wall because I ain't answering this shit. So. I, I'm gonna say this, and I know it's not popular. To me, questionably, Jay was Jay was on his way up. To me, Jay was questionably a better MC than Big. 
when he was on his way up. Um, but I do feel like there is a couple of things that I disagree a little bit with. You. One is I do feel like the label connection that Puffy had, even though Jay and, and Jay know, it's something label connection. Puffy, Puffy had been label connection and experience. Puffy had been in the music industry long before them cats came through. So he already had a whole lot of knowledge base as far as how to move records around. They were still learning. And my example of that, y'all know if you remember this, Jay and Dane came to Morgan State mm -hmm. to promote whatever the fuck that album was with the champagne bottle. Was. Reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt. Yeah, it was a single. For everybody watching just at home, Jay, is, I mean, Ev is not a fan of Reasonable Doubt. That's why he just called it that. Yeah, that I mean, it's not, yeah, the shit with the you know, shit with the fuck champagne. <laughs> what, uh, this nigga just called Reasonable Doubt that champagne album, whatever the fuck he was promoting. But I remember them sitting, I gave him a lot of respect. He sat in a sat in that cafeteria and they got no love from nobody. And they sat there pretty much by themselves. And that was, in, and they sat there for pretty much the whole night, you know, and they didn't really get a whole lot of love. And, but you see an actual impact that they had. So they, they were definitely on a mission. And it's, there is some curiosity around, like, not that I'm looking to see MCs go, go, go back to back for the first spot. Cause I feel like that's a whole other, some whole other shit. Everybody want to be the king. That's cool. Um, but I'm curious as far as what would have happened if that would have take, taken place, if it would have been back and forth. Um, but I will say, you know, Jay, Jay and Dane was coming definitely from a grassroots perspective. Even when they had drug money, they were coming grassroots. And when you come in grassroots, there's a lot that you don't know. And there's a lot that you have to be informed about. Whereas Puffy was already in it and he knew how to move pieces around. He knew who to call. He knew who to pay. I think that you still, even though if you got money to pay, you got to know who the fuck to pay. Um, so, so there's some questionable as far as like what would have been Jay's outcome if Big didn't, if Big didn't transition, so I, I, to me, yeah, he definitely inherited his fan base without question. But I'm always curious as far as one, whose decision was that to push that? Because he got he got pushed hard, and anybody could have took that that slot during that time. But and no, but nobody did besides him at that time too. Um, but also another show, Ev. That's a whole yeah, other yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean, no, it's, it's a great discussion. It's a great discussion. One, I don't think it was a calculated decision. I think, I think because. They were so alike. Like if AI died tomorrow or died in 97, it would have been like, we fuck with Steph. Steph wouldn't have to do anything but be Steph because it just was, there's two things and we'll talk about this. Like it's one of those things where it's just like, have you ever seen such and such and such and such in the same room when they the right. same person? Like I'm going to talk about how, keep in mind, there's only one spot. When Usher was kind of quiet for a while, boom, here comes Chris Brown. It's like, boom. But Usher and Chris Brown were never at the same top at the same time. It was like it he kind of slid in because again, there's only one spot. You're not really gonna have Chris Brown at his height and Usher at his height because there's only one spot. You know, same thing kind of with Sierra. You're not gonna have too many singing, dancing chicks all at the same time. You know what I mean? So I personally don't think it was like a, a conscious decision. I think because you had, one, they were cool. So you saw Biggie in the Ain't No Nigga video. You know what I'm saying? You you heard Big and Jay rhyme together on uh, Brooklyn's Finest. You know you you saw them rhyme together on um on a who uh, we love the dough. Yeah, we love the dough. You saw Big playing Monopoly with the nigga in the Dead Presidents video. So people kind of already knew that you know they kind of like I said they were so much alike 
that it literally would be like ever if me and you had the same exact type podcast and we ran it the same exact way and I just fell you off and stopped doing a pop. I didn't think they were that much alike though. Their styles. I don't think I mean to me they are. I mean to me if you listen to I love the dough, them dudes are going back and forth. And again, they rhyme about the same thing. They you know, they're literally almost cut they're like a cut and paste of each other. You know what I mean? They they come from the same You got Best Eye and you got like not the I mean then they both from Brooklyn. They both went to the same high school. So they're literally again like for me, there's other podcasts that aren't like this. I wanna teach, we don't argue, we don't do shit like that. If Ev, you had the same exact podcast and then tomorrow I was like, yo, I'm done with a part of the 5B, people will probably be like, well, fuck it. Let's go. Let's tune into Ev's joint because he's doing the same exact thing that we like Apartment 5B for. Like, you wouldn't even have to be like, hey, fuck Apartment 5B. I'm here. No. If people would just already know because you would have been on my show, I would have been on your show. You know, same thing. What did we used to use before? Porsche we used to use Google Hangouts. Yeah. Then Google Hangouts went down and then just like that, bam, here comes StreamYard. They just popped right in. They didn't pop. I ain't know nothing about a stream yard until Google Hangouts was like, we are shutting down on this day. And then I literally, that day, boom, here comes stream yard. And it was like, oh, damn, that was perfect. I'm sure that was calculated. I'm sure they were like, we got this, but we put it out right now. Then we're going to compete with Google Hangouts. But do you know what I mean? Everybody uses stream yard now because it's the only thing to use, you know? And two, I'll say about the label connects, I totally agree with you. And that there is a percentage, I think, that, of course, Puff had more money. But ain't no nigga was on the radio all goddamn summer. All year. All no, year. Radio, but yeah, yeah. On what radio? Like, what radio station? Everything. And everybody from Hot 97 to yeah. Power 99, that song with yeah. Foxy Brown was everywhere. That we know song. that up and down the coast, but one, we don't know that across the across the across the land. That's one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know what they was doing in LA. You're hundred percent right. And you know, um, my second point to that is radio slot and promotion. Like Puffy knew how to do promotions. You're and right, you're you right. Coming out of the gate, you don't know you don't know promotion how to how to really do that shit like that coming up. Right. I'll give you that. And I, I I will say that again, I'll never try to sit here and act like bad boy that Rockefeller could compete with bad boy. That was probably the biggest label at the time. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the great thing about Big is that he let Jay come in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he let him in. Like, you know, he was part of Reasonable Doubt. Like maybe Big was a huge reason Reasonable Doubt did sell five hundred thousand because it was like, oh shit, Big is on this joint. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with you, Rel. I know you got something, and then Eddie got something. Rel, what you got? I think I think um, what made them what started really making them similar was when uh, Jay slowed his flow down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, you know, at first when Jay was like rapping with original flavor and all that, he was rapping real fast, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know whose idea was it for him to slow his flow down like that. But once that happened, it was like and then you then you heard him on um on Reasonable Doubt and the similarities just was there, but I know a lot of people kinda looked at him as the little brother. It's a big, you know what I'm saying? So I think it would have been difficult for him to get out of that shadow, you know what I'm saying, if Big was still alive. You know what I'm saying? That's a huge shadow to get to get out of. Not to say he wouldn't be successful, but I don't know. That that would have been tough. Cause I don't I just don't see I just don't see Big if he was stayed alive putting out bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So 
it would have been it would have been a huge shadow to get for him to you know what I'm saying who's to say he might have tried to change to something because that lane like you got somebody that was like all that big in that lane. The, the, yeah. lane was, the lane was crowded it's not it's no room in that lane really you know what I'm saying if you really right. trying to eat so he might have right. he might have switched his style or something you know what I'm saying I don't know but and let me say this bro you made a great point what Porsche well, I disagree with you I didn't mean to say that Jay wouldn't have been successful I just don't think Jay would be where he is right now like I don't think he's worth a billion dollars if big doesn't die because I feel like the foundation of all his business ventures came from the music you know what right. I mean? So I think if Big is still alive, so of course I do think Jay will be successful because I don't know Big. This is just what I'm thinking. Big never really seemed to be the entrepreneur to me. You know what I'm no. saying? He just seemed I to be the MC. So I don't think he would have been the one to say, "Let me start a clothing line. Let me try to buy the net." I don't know. Maybe somebody would have gotten his air. We don't know yeah, because here's the great thing about this: I never looked at Nas as a businessman before, and look at this nigga now. So. You know what I mean? So somebody may have gotten the big air. So I just wanted to say that I wasn't trying to say that Jay would not have been successful. I just don't think Jay would be a billionaire of everything that he's doing right now if Big didn't if Big didn't die. Because like Rel said, there's one lane. That's it. There's only one. And, spot and that's what I mean by when I yeah, that's what I mean when I say the trajectory would have been different. So it wouldn't have been like if it was on a graph, it wouldn't have been like the steady incline that Jay had. It may have had like a, an incline and then a really big dip and then a little bit of an incline and then a little bit more, you know, like all along the way um, throughout the years. So that's just, that's what I mean. Like it, it just would have been you. a different, different way that he would have still gotten to the same end goal, in my opinion. Right, right. Now, I will say this, Ralph. I look at Jay similar to Marlo on The Wire, where... Prop Joe was like, I treated you like a son. And Marlo was like, I wasn't meant to be the son. Mm. So I've always said that I felt like if Jay, if Big did stay alive, that they would have ended up beefing. Mm -hmm. Because Jay would have never been okay with, like you said, being a little brother, being in the shadow, all those things. Because I just don't feel like that's Jay's personality. Right. You know what I mean? And I think Jay would have realized if he did... Jay won't ever say it, but I'm sure deep down that nigga heart and soul, he knows he was always number two when Big was here. And he probably would have always been number two when Big was here because everybody would have went to Big first before they went to Jay. So when Jay decided, oh, let me start hanging up on the Rough Riders floor in the Def Jam building and, and grab some of these Swiss beats, Swiss would have already been sending them beats to Big. So see, that's the thing. Anybody to Pharrell, Pharrell would already been sitting. So Jay would have always been second on everybody's list. As a producer, you have your folders. A beats, B beats. I got a whole slash of beats that I'm only waiting until I can get in the studio with a heavy hit. So trust me, all those hot beats that they were sending to Jay would have went to Big first. And then you Jay would have been getting the scraps. I just thought it's something we gotta remember too, because I know it's it's hard for us to go back because biggest transition and our, our ideas and perspectives of him since his transition has changed. But during that time, a lot of people was coming at Big Neck for the whole like, you know, this mm -hmm. whole like poppy, you know, you know, the yeah. shit. But the thing is probably the most popular person that he was maybe the year or two prior. Well, Keith, I look at it like this. The only niggas who was coming at Big was Ghost in the Niggas. And that shit didn't affect nobody who fucked with Bigs. Blue Camp was coming at him, too. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. That I, well, I, could, I only speak for me. That shit ain't mean shit to me. 
I wasn't gonna be like, oh, I don't fuck with Big because Buckshot and Smith and Wesson are talking shit, and who ended up getting pistol with for talking shit too, by the way. Yeah, but did. again, the I, I'm just talking numbers. Big selling five million. Nobody else in New York at that time was pushing five million records. So nobody was like, oh fuck, now nah, I ain't gonna buy this new Big album because you know niggas is ghosting them talking shit. That nigga selling more than Ray Ghost, all the Wu niggas put together. So at the end of the day, I don't look at it like even though Ghost and them was coming at that nigga that anybody was like, oh yeah, you're right, we don't fuck. Again, I can only speak for myself, Morgan, the people I ran with, we all loved Big. We all did. Even when niggas was like, oh, he bit Nas cover. Niggas was like, so? Life after that ready to die shit crazy. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, you know what I mean? So, but again, at that point, we wasn't, we wasn't, Big was cool, but we looked at what he was doing like, hmm, that's not hip hop. See, I, that's you, bro. I, I can't again. That that wasn't me and the niggas I was running with at Morgan. Every we all love big. And any time that I would say, "Oh man, why you do that juicy shit?" He hit you with unbelievable. When he hit me with the "Oh god, that damn, why you singing over that the bar one more chance?" Don't give me tw- don't get it twisted. His pen was still nasty without right. question. His pen was still nasty. It was just some of them choices. And I think you know, as we all heard, you know, you hear through the grapevine. Even he has some issues with some yeah, of them. Those weren't his right. choices. Right. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, I, again, I can only speak for me and my, I, we all love it. Whenever something new came out, i never forget my man YZ drove on campus blasting who shot you. We was like, yo, what the fuck is that? When Big was on um, Totals, Can't You See? Like, yo, what the fuck is that? I don't know nobody who was ever not hype as hell to hear a new Big verse. You know what I mean? But Eddie, what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, you know, I actually felt like you know if there was anyone else next to big for me it would have been Nas but but I felt like Nas was a different lane because to be honest like fans of Nas we didn't want to hear him do that type of stuff I mean like Nas was always more of the poet you know like you want to hear like how he tells a story how you know how he words you know like that like you're not really looking at Nas for a club joint or or, or, or stuff like that, you know, Jay, I, and and I feel like Jay was like really throwing stuff against the wall, like you know, and and really, uh, if if reasonable doubt would have blown up the way you know maybe him and and Dane thought it would, maybe Jay would have stayed in that lane, but it didn't, and you know he saw a big success. And he was like throwing throwing things against him, which is why you know um, Volume One was all over the place. Mm, um, mm. And then Hard Like Life, even Hard Like Life, even even with it selling all like Hard Like Life was inconsistent. Uh, volume Three was inconsistent. I don't think Jay got consistent until the Blueprint. Like that was really the first album where he put it all together mm. um, and kind of crafted his own sound. You know with you know, uh, uh, Just Blaze and Kanye and the other producers that he brought on that album uh, that you really say, all right, that's the signature J sound. Uh, but before then, I just kind of felt he was throwing stuff against the wall. But I think it's always about, and I always talk about this every day, all day, anywhere I can go, it's always about your goals. You know what I mean? And I think Jay's goal was, I want to sell a lot of fucking records because selling a lot of records will make me a lot of money. Like you right. said, 100% right. That volume one, it was, 
I don't know how to do Big's formula. It's like going over your aunt's house, eating her mac and cheese. She don't give the fucking recipe, but then you want to try to come home and do it yourself. And you just be fucking up trays and trays of macaroni and cheese trying to get that shit right. You know what I mean? Jay said he finally got it right on that joint with Jermaine Dupree, Money Ain't a Thing. He was like, that's when I kind of got into the groove of, okay, this is how you make this radio song that kind of fits in both lanes. You know what I mean? Because that I know what girls like and the city is mine and sunshine with Foxy Brown. That he like that's him trying to make Auntie Maybelline's mac and cheese, and you don't know how to make it, so you just trying your best. Everybody got Aunt Maybelline somewhere. You you trying to make it, but you can't get it right. I was saying that's a great analogy, by the way, too. Oh, good looking, good looking. Y'all know I got analogy for everything. So yeah, yeah. What what Mars say to kill analogy? So. But that's what Jay was doing. So when he finally got it, all he cared about was money. So he didn't care about uh, is, is the album cohesive. It was like, hey, Hard Knock Life sold all these records. Hey, Money Cash Hole sold all these records. I didn't like the other album, the one with Big Pippin. But Big Pippin blew the hell up. So again, I don't know if Jay's mindset was let me make good albums or let me make songs that blow up that enable me to make a shitload of money. Because those are two totally different things. Like, Farrell Mantra is probably in the mindset of, my goal is to make a cohesive album. Jay's goal is, let me sell a whole lot of fucking records. And a lot of times, those two things can't live in the same space. You're not going to be able to make... Now, the blueprint blueprint blew up to me because Jay was already where he was at. You know what I mean? So it's like, here's my cohesive album that sells a whole lot of records because y'all know where I'm at. I'm, You know what I mean? I'm already known, yeah. so... Here you go. Plus, he went back to using samples, which made all us backpackers happy again. I remember my man Jay's call. I wasn't even gonna buy the blueprint. I I never I didn't even listen to to that Rockefeller album with One Nine Hundred Hustler until later on. I was done with Jay. You know what I mean? Because I was like, he's not making music for me. My man called me like, yo, you gotta get this blueprint. Like he back. And then I got the blueprint. I was like, oh shit, this nigga is back. You know what I mean? Like this is like you said, Eddie, a cohesive album. But he was already at the point where now he could do that because right. he like what he saying the black yeah. album. Yo, I used to want to rap like Common Sense, but shit don't make money. <laughs> like, like that's letting you know Jay's mindset. Like, I love to rap like Common Sense, but nigga, you think I'm gonna live like Common Sense? No. Yeah. So I gotta rap like this. So I mean, but I mean, all dope points, you know, across the board. I mean, again, I definitely think. Jay would have still blown up but with that only it's the same thing with the drug game like that's why Marlo had to kill Prop Joe because like yo we can't we can't both be here together nigga I'm trying to take over Baltimore you're in my fucking way I don't care if you on east side and I'm west side nigga you in the way you got the plug I need that plug got to kill you got to go two you know what I mean yeah two, two can't exist at the top it's just a fact it has I don't know if there's ever been Somebody out there watching, tell me, has there ever been a record label where there are two people in charge that that shit just lasted forever and was successful? And I mean two people that are both the presidents. I don't mean like, I know with Buckshot and Drew High, I don't think they were both the presidents. Or maybe they was, but Duck Down didn't last that long either. But you're not, Def Jam went down, LaFace went down, all those places went down because you can't have two people who are both going to be the president. It just can't happen. Um, Ralph, who you got for your joint? Um, for mine, um, just want to piggyback. Oh, you! I, I apologize, Ralph. Let me get my R&B one in because y'all got lat, y'all got jokes. I want y'all jokes. I want the smoke. So, on the R&B tip, someone who had perfect timing, my guy right here, Chico DeBarge. 
long time no see okay i saw the video for igami with nia long straight d'angelo vibe to it straight brown sugar vibe people front on this album i think this is a five mic album i love this album and along with chico debarge my guy myron you know he was coming he he he's the same vibe of the neo soul d'angelo sound before everybody laughs just google the video we can get down with spinderella as soon as first 10 seconds of that sounds like something that would have been left off the brown sugar cutting floor so to me this was these two had the timing of d'angelo taking that 20-year hiatus 20-year hiatus well you know i mean brown sugar came out in 96 and then what um voodoo was like 2001 so that's like yeah four or five years i mean that's a long ass time in rapper years i mean even r&b years so we wanted that sound and these two kind of came in and, and filled that slot um because yeah, yeah, d'angelo yeah. was in my egg myron <laughs> i got bit ass today son but i still can ask filthy dog that's how he looked on the cup he's laying on his stomach like he got bitten ass kill didn't listen to dj quick because his hair had a perm but he listened to i get salty every time myron comes up because i'm like how with that covered maybe here's the thing first of all let, 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 let's, let's understand some things here the album cover is horrible yes it is it's, it's a fact it's a fact most people Myron don't know. Most people, I don't think anybody knows who Myron was. was. Timing really good then. If we don't know who he is, was his timing good? I believe it was. Okay, I believe it was. Look, y'all, everybody, just please <laughs> go listen. I'm, I'm, go I'm, listen. I'm, you ain't got to listen to the whole album. Just no, I, look. I'm, just look at the video for we can get down. You will hear the first 10 to 20 seconds. It has the whole D'Angelo vibe it's to it. It's the cover, bro. He, Yo, he looks, but listen, Kill, so when you went to the record store, Kill. First of all, no. It, if, no, if, like, we look, yep. if we look very closely in there, it has the four promotion only okay. use. This is when I was still at 889. So this you is from the like, label. You, you got like, the whole. I'm going to take and, that home. Right. And his autograph. And no, it, it, it's autographed by me. It's by autographed. <laughs> I, I, I tag for everybody watching. I tag my stuff because I always had a million CDs, and that Morgan niggas would come in your room, and be like, "Yo, let me borrow a CD." So I tagged everything. So, Kill, I got. I just have one question. When you saw, yes, the, I, did you see the album come before you heard music? No, I heard. It, this is back in the day when you hear the single first, and then the album comes. So part of the album cover made you want to be like. Y'all, I'm gonna check that joint out. It wasn't the album cover. It was strictly I love the joint. We can get down with Spinderella. Go ahead, make the jokes that he couldn't get salt and pepper, and he ended up with Spinderella. Go ahead, make the jokes. I heard, I literally have heard every Myron joke there is to hear. He's rapping. There's nothing more you all can say to me. What you say? He's rapping. Spinderella was rapping. Yeah, Spinderella was rapping. So I That's guess his budget could not. I guess they were like, yeah, Saw and Pepper was like, who is Myron? No. And Spin was like, shit, I ain't doing nothing. Fuck it, I rap. So. <laughs> I want to work in the radio station joints, though. This is a radio station moment. This is, if you only know this if you worked in a radio station, because oh, I don't know who the whole Myron is. Yeah, and I don't know if I, I, if I would I, be like, I'm going to check that out. I didn't you know what's funny, man? He spun around in the chair. That's Here's the funniest thing. I've never... Uh, go ahead, Eddie. Go ahead. Is yeah. he kissing his That's bracelet? Right. What is he doing on the bed? What's yeah. going on? What you he says he's kissing his bracelet? No. Yeah, I don't fucking know what he's doing. Like, what, bro, what you got? 
Bro, what you got? Oh, bro. That's like that's like an up and coming rapper getting a Jirogi feature. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you. How my, which sums up my feelings on that last drop off. Thank you. Oh man. man. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, I like the album. The album cover is horrible. But the moral to the story is Chico, Myron are the two people who that I wanted to listen to because I wanted more D'Angelo. I love Brown Sugar. And it was like constantly wait, like when's he gonna come out again? And then it was like these two dudes dropped, had the D'Angelo vibe to him, and I was like, bet, let's go. Yeah, you know I mean, so that's it. Well, there you go, man. I shouldn't have no more jokes for the rest of the night, but who knows with y'all? All right, mine. My piggybacks off the Jay Z thing. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Little Wayne um, when Jay Z would kind of talk about retiring. He was kind of not. He was still him, but he was not that guy. His his audience was getting a little older. You know what I'm saying? And he was talking about retiring. It seemed like Wayne just kind of slid into that spot, start calling himself the greatest rapper alive, and it kind of just, boom, Lil Wayne's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was strategic. I I, I think that was strategic, but the timing on that was was kind of perfect for him. You know what I'm saying? It was right yeah. when Jay was kind of chilling and he was talking about retiring. And, and to be honest, some of the projects weren't the greatest and Lil Wayne was, you know, picking up momentum, changed his flow, changed the way he flowed, started getting a little popular and then he just kind of slid into the spot of people saying, yo, he's the the guy right now. You know what I'm saying? Saying the greatest rapper alive. He was saying that. You know what I'm saying? And I think he just kind of wedged himself into that little space during that time when Jay-Z was like on his retiring mode and not really making music like that. It's a dope point. That's a dope point. And um, something you said earlier about Jay, I remember the first time my OG Roots came into the studio with the In My Lifetime 12 inch. He's like, yo, this is the new Jay-Z. And I'm like, I don't fuck with that rapidy rap, Dots effects, nigga, whatever. <laughs> and then we put we put the needle on. We was like, who the fuck is this? Like, this ain't like, who is this dude? Like, he's talking about moving weight and all. I'm like, when when did the rapper become a drug dealer? And it, like you said, he just switched his entire flow. Like, it was a whole new person. And by the end, I was like, yo, I like, I like this dude. You know what I mean? And then when we heard the Big Jazz in my lifetime remix, it was like, yo, this, this dude got some shit right here. Cause this is this is crazy. So don't pick with Wayne too. Uh, Eddie, who you got? All right, so uh, I'm gonna go. With my first pick is gonna be Little Brother. Uh, mm. You know, uh, rapper Big Pooh and Fonte. And so, well, I feel like they fill the void where Native Tongues kind of movement had ended. Even the raucous movement had kind of faded out, yeah. and they kind of step right into there. You know what I mean? Um, that first album they're listening you know they were paying homage you know what i mean like they had some references to tribe and 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 the native tongues and and the raucous and all that um they were paying homage and they were giving us that feeling you know um so i think they took that torch and they just ran with it and especially fonte um but you know uh rapper big Pooh is still doing things you know what i mean so um he's had a great career in his own right as a, as a solo artist as a group and then Fonte kind of splitting off and, and doing his thing 
uh, with foreign exchange and then the solo stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, that kind of opened the door for them. Nah, that's a dope pick. And the other thing with Little Brother is the internet helped a lot. OK Player really helped a lot because Quest was like shouting them out. And like you said, at that time, there wasn't OK Player's message boards. Message boards essentially was what Twitter is for us now. You know what I mean? It was a place where everybody could go, heads could go. And it was like, it literally was Twitter. It was like, look, I'm talking to Quest or I'm calm just replied to me or whatever like that. So. I think when Quest was like, yo, little brother is dope, just that co-sign alone on OK Player was enough to, you know, kind of blow them up. Um, another yeah. thing, and this again, people think I'm trying to take something away from Knife, but I'm not. But Rail to go back on Jay, his business savvy, his business savvy, around the time when the Black album was coming out, everybody on OK Player was like done with Jay. They like Kind of like how Ev, what you were saying about Big, like they're not liking the direction that Jay is going. So everybody was talking shit about it. And this was around the time that Jay had done the Unplugged with Quest. I don't know this to be true. This is just my philosophy. I think Jay getting with Quest, seeing what they were talking about on OK Player, was the one of the reasons he got Knife to be on the Black Album. Because the story is that Knife went to New York with like 100 beats. Jay didn't pick any of them and said, here, loop this R. Kelly joint shit. I said his name, loop this Candyman shit, and I'll rap over that. Now, here's the reason why I call bullshit on that. Because if I go to New York and I play Jay 100 beats and Jay don't like none of them, he's going to say it was very nice meeting you, Kill. <laughs> you know, call the day. He's not going to be like, all right, well, loop. Jay could have had Young Guru loop that. Jay could have told Kanye or just to loop that. But he knew, but then the second on OK Player, when Quest was like, or when Knife came in, it was like, yo, I made the Black Album. Then everybody on OK Player was like, oh, we're going to buy the Black Album to support Knife. And that was just Jay's business savviness. Like, oh, these niggas don't like me? Let me find a way to get y'all money. I'm going to put Knife on the album. Got all y'all motherfuckers' money. And now I'm back with the backpackers. Now the backpackers love me again. One thing I will never tell Jay, Jay will get all the credit in the world for being one of the most savvy businessmen ever. Because he's going to find a way to get the people who hate him to love him again. So and buy his music. That's Puffy's thing too. I have to... Like Puffy's business savvy is just... You broke up for a second. What'd you say? Oh, I said that's like Puff. Like he's he's the same. He's business savvy. He knows. I think Jay get. even takes it to another fucking level. Like Jay is I'm just. I never forget the the ad that he had for the Magna Carta joint, and it came on during the NBA Finals, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, he got Rick Rubin on the album. He got Pharrell on the album." Because all Rick Rubin was doing sitting there was laying in the chair with the headphones on, and we all thought that Jay never said Rick was on there nothing like that and of course Rick didn't make the album but that's just like his I don't know how he does it he just does it you know what I mean and it's it and folk fall for it all the time it'd be like oh we're done with Jay the first single death of auto tune you like oh shit he back death of auto tune this could be crazy then you buy the album and there's nothing like death of auto tune or you know him when they was on when they was doing I, I thought it I, I thought it was hard compared to what Jay was doing you know what I mean? Like that run this town with Rihanna and Kanye. Oh. I'm not that J. I'm not that J fan. I'm the death of an auto tune J fan. So it was like, okay, Jay's back. We're constantly wanting him to go back, kind of like we do with Ye. Like it's like yeah. now you got people who actually have T-shirts. We miss the old Kanye. Like 
people are always going to go to see what Kanye has and hoping that he's going to go back. And I think that's how it was for people with Jay. It was like, we're hoping you go back to the old stuff. When they were doing the Watch the Throne, they was tweeting all this stuff. Oh, we in the studio with Premiere. Yo, we leaking up with Pete Rock. Yo, we... Yeah, we in the studio with the motherfuckers, but they ain't making the album. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it gets us hype enough to be like, oh, Alchemist made the album bad. No, we never said. And the great part about it is they can say, we never lied. We never lied. We never told you Alchemist made the album. We just told y'all we was in the studio with them. And you dumb fucks believed it and brought the album. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, we got niggas with Paris. Hit Boy made the album with niggas with Paris. Alchemist didn't make the album. But we was in the studio, so we wasn't lying, but just didn't make the album. Ev, what you got up, good brother? Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit, man. I'm going to go back to MC Hammer. Mm. In 1988, nice. 1988, the first rap commercial appears, uh, St. Ives commercial. Mm. At that time, in 1988, we have the, the birth of um, rap pop music. And Hammer came right in there. He re-released his first album, put a couple of extra tracks on it, and sold, what is it, over 2 million copies? Mm. He, he, he came in and was like, yo, we gonna, if, if rock can do pop, I'm going to take this rap shit. We're going to do pop. And he just came in at a great time. It was already, it was already, uh, at least, you know, not, I don't know if the world was known by that time, but at least nationally known by that time. And Hammer was like, yo, if it's nationally known, that means there's a lot of people that's ready to buy albums. So how can we make this, make this shit pop? And he did that and he did an excellent job at it. So, and see Hammer. Hell oh, yeah. I, I had some silver shit on my shoes, goddammit. I don't know about that. I had some silver shit on my shoes and some parachute pants to the floor. You got you got some footage of that, right? Hey, hey. Yeah, I need to see a six foot five nigga with some hey, damn hammer pants on. Hey, I, I wasn't six foot five in 88, but, oh, trust, I, and, I, but trust and believe. <laughs> Turn this mother. <laughs> Everybody loved the Hammer song. Everybody loved the Hammer song. I like one MC Hammer song. I forgot the name of it. Um, it may have been Turn This Mother. Turn This Mother out with two big MC? Come on, man. I, I can't remember what it was. I think that was it. They put me in the mix. Yeah, they put yeah, me yeah. I think that was the one I like. I think that was the real like. fast joint. Yeah, if you if you was dancing, all like, that, yeah, that's I think that's the one. All those yeah. tracks that were naming all came off of his quote unquote second album, with the re-release of the first, when mm. rap hit the whole like popular music uh-huh. world. That's the joint when he had the shades and the green suit on, right? Exactly. Okay. And I think the also thing, and it goes back to that wonderful year '88, where you had different channels, so you were able to turn on the MC Hammer channel. And that'd be fine. You know what I mean? And it just that that channel got closed real quick because it was just like now Hammer ain't hard enough. You know what I mean? And everything like that. But just jumping in one last time, this is this is what came out in '88. By all means necessary. Strictly business. Uh going off biz joint, tougher than leather. You had Stepsonic in full gear. You had all these like follow the follow the leader. We just did a show on like yeah, we just did our 88 show. We just did our 88 show. All that shit in 88, and then here comes Hammer. He knew but I will up. say this, the one album that was not mentioned on our 88 show, or on the whole timeline, the following two weeks, was MC Hammer. You're right. You're right. Let's not forget, let's not forget Two Live Crew. 
they came out oh. on the time too and that's a whole nother lane yeah that, you know and again and that's that was a great part about it because you could have all those lanes yeah. you know what i mean you could have all those lanes I didn't listen to Live Crew, but if I went to Miami in 1980, I goddamn sure would have snuck up in some type of Luke Skywalker concert. Yeah, so, yeah, I can tell you that. You so, that's, that's the culture. You wouldn't have had to. Yeah, I would have been sneaking my ass right up in somebody's club like I was 21. Greg, what you got for your first joint? Uh, I'm going with I'm going with X, man. Uh, okay. 97, it was the shiny suit era. And here comes the dirtiest nigga in the world, barking on fucking records, taking it back to the early '90s, mid '90s, that grimy shit that I think I think some of us wanted to hear. You know, we talk about this all the time. The novice hip hop listener, they like, you know, what I mean, whatever they hear on the radio. But us, the heads, we want, you know, some sort of foundational involvement. And X was that man. X is the street period point blank and he filled that void beautifully um it's sad how he got taken out from a standpoint of music not necessarily life but i'm talking about the music the drugs and those things but for those i would say roughly four years from 97 to 01 he filled that void because nobody was out there filling it with the exception of raucous later on in the decade but it was a different way that they did it x was straight grind straight straight tunnel that's it (laughs) even how they shot that how they shot that verse that first video was was strategic man it was that was yeah that was i didn't understand at the time i've never been to the tunnel so i didn't get it you know i mean i I love the video but i didn't get the what the black and white was for and then to hear you know years later why they did that it's genius yeah and and right yo like the funny thing is I don't know if you saw I posted um, earlier what I was listening to at work. The okay. Cypher Sounds, uh, 75 Greatest Tunnel Bangers. I was I, I was rocking with that at work. So, you know, all, all the tunnel bangers, like just a lot of DMX on there, a lot of big, a lot of uh, locks and, you know, all, all that stuff, man. How'd you change? <laughs> I think the other thing with X is that he, he not only represented the ground, but he was a real nigga like that. You know what I mean? So when niggas is like, yo, X will rob you with a pit bull. Like, that nigga ain't even need a gun. He just <laughs> rob you with your, with his dog. You know what I mean? So I think it was also, he's got that music, but then he's also that in real life. And that kind of comes through in his music. It comes through in the videos. It comes through when you don't see X backing down from nobody. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that that also played a huge part, too. Porsche, what you got up for your next joint? I think it's brilliant that Wreck uh, brought up DMX because that's my second one. Um, I think, and hear me out on this one, um, for me, I, I kind of make the link with DMX is also when Pac was gone, right? Yeah. Um, so oftentimes, like, and I know it's really weird to make that connection because DMX is not California. He's not in the same kind of like even soundscape as Pac was, but where I think a lot of people gravitated towards X2 was that passion, was the realness, was the outspokenness that he had. The um, X was one of the first, if not the only artist who put out two full albums in the same exact year at that time, right? Um, so, and, and you're looking at somebody like Tupac who did, we all know, like volumes and volumes of work in the studio. So did Pac put out two albums in a year? No, but 
he had the capability to do it and X did it. So they actually are linked pretty closely in mm -hmm. sort of like the persona or the demeanor that they had. And, and I think that that was a fantastic thing. I don't think that this is a bad thing at all by any means. I, I think um, we needed that. We needed somebody to have that passion, to have that grime, to have that realness, to speak on things in a I don't care kind of way. Um, and DMX was that person. And and I and I absolutely love him. DMX is like my soulmate friend um, for life. So uh, we share the same opinion on people in the music industry and I just love DMX so much. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, DMX echoes me. Like, I, I heard you pick yeah. that. I heard you pick that. Understand. I caught that. You, I caught killed you. Are you making the connection? I caught it. Nah, you broke I up for a second. I didn't hear what I you said. <laughs> oh, I said I said DMX is my soulmate friend because we share the exact same opinion on a certain person. Oh, in the right. Music <laughs> yeah, that's all I said. That's all I said. That's all I said. And that's another, why, another reason why I always liked X is he was never political. Next yeah, was gonna tell you what he felt. It wasn't like, okay, let me think if I say that, then that 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 door may close and if I say that, you know. So I always love that about him. Um the next door I got up is Kanye's car accident. Now somebody may disagree, I don't know. This is just, you know, my own personal thoughts on how everything was. Like and and, and I always felt this way and then and watching his uh Netflix on about it and everything like that it kind of not cements it but kind of gives a little more weight to it i felt like a lot of people didn't really know who kanye was you know you kind of got these mixtapes if you were up on them like that and everything like that but i think that car accident like and then him doing through the wire you know and then with him literally rapping with his jaw wired shut I kind of felt like that kind of is what like not and again I'm not saying this is what blew him up but I think this is maybe what put a lot of pressure on Rockefeller to really start putting some money behind the project because the story is they signed they signed him but this dude was still like it's amazing if you haven't watched it watch his Netflix thing even if you don't fuck with Kanye this is the old Kanye but I love it because Rockefeller wouldn't open a budget for him so he was literally like ciphering gas like from other cars like this nigga would like Pharrell would be like look you could get 10 minutes in the studio <laughs> you know and he's like sneaking ludicrous and like okay hurry up say your part like okay like but then after the car accident and that picked up on MTV yeah, he did the video for through the wire and I really think that that opened a lot of doors because I mean it was just like perfect and you even see in the video like Pharrell saying like getting it like Yo, this nigga is rapping through the wire and he named the song through the wire and he sampling Shaka Khan's through the fire. Like, it just all clicked for me. And I think that was one of the, I think that was the springboard that really helped him, you know, get get on MTV. Cause nobody, I don't know if anybody's ever done that before. I don't know if anybody was like in an accident and did something like, your, your jaws weren't shut and you're rapping like this. Like, nobody's ever done something like that you know so i think that kind of definitely pushed him uh, the momentum on the r&b side like i said two people can't exist at the same time Aaliyah passed away in 2001 beyonce drops her solo album in 2003 there's a void there the the r&b singer who can also dance if we if we all knew Aaliyah was gonna dance if you watch videos back in the day it was what was Aaliyah's choreography gonna be you know are you that somebody rock the boat all those things was she was the singer 
dancer for that time period. She passes away in 2001. Beyonce goes solo, drops her album in 2003. Wide open lane. The lane is wide open. Again, the same way Big died, here comes Jay. You know, Aaliyah dies, here comes Beyonce. Now, Ed, that may have been calculated. I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Knowles was like, okay, now it's time to go solo, Big. The, 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 the lane is wide open for you. Right? You who? There's nobody in the lane. Go for it. Go dunk on something. You know, the lane is wide open. Why are you shooting threes if the lane is wide open? Now, that was probably strategic. Like, okay, you know. Because I'm sure they were probably sitting back like, damn, can we really bang with Aaliyah? You know, Destiny's Child is big, but, yo, Aaliyah, everybody loves Aaliyah. You know, the women love Aaliyah. The dudes love Aaliyah. She and Romeo must die. She's doing movies now. Like, do we really want that Aaliyah heat? And it's like, well, she dead. So, time to, time to you know. Take that throw. I don't know if y'all watch Snowfall. I don't want to ruin the new episode. No, no, don't say nothing. I, I won't say nothing. About this week's but, but again, you know, to, to, to be the man, you sometimes have to take the man out. So again, you know, if you know, and, and you hate that it's death that does it. You hate that Big had to die for Jay to come. You hate that Aaliyah had to die and give up that spot. But I felt like Beyonce had the straight lane with that one. Well, what you got for your next joint? So I'm going to um, go in a different direction, like kind of what you were saying at the beginning. Someone that pioneered everyone else to do something. And I'm going to go with hip hop fashion. And I'm going to go Grand Pooba mm. pioneering beyond sneakers and shoes. Because, you know, you have running them with the deep, but clothes. Like, yeah. Grand Pooba was that. What is that? He was that, you know. He was the first person to open my eyes to wearing all the low, to wearing the, the hill finger. Look at early Kanye with the book bag, the low jacket. That's Puba on your on your yeah. TV raps with Mary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then at that point, in my opinion, Puba was top three out at the time to me. Um, so his influence is still being seen, like. Today, look at Kill. Kill Westbrook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This all Puma. So, Yo, I, Polo, Hilfiger, Jabot. Jabot's name baggy, Hilfiger all the time. They, they owe Puma some money. Yep. Yeah, they all do. Parking them yeah. cats like crazy. He, yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah. no, no, no hip hop artist would like name dropping the clothing like that. Like, he, he let it be known. You know what I'm saying? He was known for that. And that style he had his own style that everybody picked up on and it just it just snowballed into everybody else you know what i'm saying i think a lot of people don't give him the credit he deserved when it comes to that he was that the originator of that to me so that's it's funny in that netflix documentary yeah he's talking about he was in the hospital thinking he was like yo i was in the hospital and i was just thinking these niggas can't dress i'm gonna be the best rapper the best dressed rapper alive you know what i mean but like you said, early Kanye is nothing but Puba. With and, and and with him with a preppy jacket on. That, that's right. it. Like that's it. And the thing I, I say about Puba, like I always tell people, at the time and point, he was the dopest MC walking the planet Earth. That could have been for a year, could have been for six months. I don't know what the time was. All I know is if something said featuring Grand Puba, I was listening. That's all that the fuck that I know. And then, bro, another piece is he was the only MC. Who I not only wanted to hear, but I wanted to see what he was wearing. Yeah, that was yep. the other piece. That it was like, yo, I can't wait to see 
what he's rocking tonight because I knew to this day it's been 27 years I'm still looking for that Alpine shirt he had on on Yo MTV Raps with Whistler 411 I'm not spending 1500 for it I've seen it for 1500 I'm not spending 1500 on a shirt that's like Gordon Gartrell on crack but one day that's like one of my like holy grails of polo is to find that shirt at a reasonable price I'm not spending 1500 what are you going to say rap? you got to think too so we got the Mary J. Blige, right? Who's on the album? Puba. He could have went and got anybody at that time. Shit, he could have put Big on it. He knew what he was doing when he put Puba on that album. Like he knew what he was doing. Like, like y'all saying, Puba. For those that was not around, Puba was that nigga. Yeah. Period. Point blank. Everything he touched, that joint on the brand new Heavy joint was crazy. Brand I always oh. say that, yo. If the yeah. show brand ain't for dope, who made the show? Yep, who makes the loot? Makes the loot. Yeah. And that nigga said, yo, if the show ain't for dope, then you won't see the bro. The grand man just as usual. But let me slow down because I know I'm confusing y'all. Like, Puba was a problem. The only thing with Puba that used that eventually got played, because I was listening to my best of grand Puba mixtape, he just was doing too much sing-songy shit. Like, it got to a point where it was a, every poo is everything. Like, nigga, stop with the stylist. It's like, that shit was cute with over like a fat rat. Nigga, you can't be doing, like, every other line was like some old him singing. And it was like, nah, bro. Like, it, it, that, that's getting played out. You know what I mean? I but Poo, definitely. About timing, though, with Poo, I, I can't now correct me. I don't, I don't know this for sure. But during that time period, was there any other hip hop groups that had that kind of name as, as brand Nubian that one of them will broke off and went solo. I don't think so because Grand the brand Nubians dropped my junior year, so that's ninety one. I think he was the first one because he leaders was, like, was still together. Was. Leaders was still together in 93, 94 before they broke up. So yeah. he may have been the first to break off from a group to go and, solo. And I think um, that was a another thing around timing but but not in a, in a beneficial way because i don't think nobody was ready for we love Google, but i think during that time we didn't know how much we needed sadat and lord jamal to love people here's the wild part y'all i love this album everybody oh else i remember when it dropped a lot of people felt like they didn't like it and you know yo here's the funny thing y'all remember i told y'all how i can't come up with with good names and the name of my group was the seeds like you literally could see it right there that i would tag oh everything God, yeah oh yes yes it was i was that i was that horrible and i was telling them how i couldn't pick names so it was like oh they got the roots well we the seeds like you know what i mean so so um but yeah like i thought i mean for people who don't get it like that's cool right there with the with the jabos hanging baggy and just the he'd have one part of the shirt tucked in and the other part hanging out just no, Poobo was just the guy, man. Poobo was the man right there. Um, Eddie, what you got up next, man? Um, I got Sean Price, man. Um, mm. I think uh, I think Sean Price came out at, at the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say came out, obviously, you know, he was doing the Hell to Skelter or whatever. But um, I'm saying when he went solo and, like, rebranded himself. Right. Yeah. What, what was his first solo album, like, 2005? Like Jay, Jay retired in 2003. Um, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't, there wasn't really anyone necessarily with a stranglehold on on, on hip hop per se, right? I mean, uh, Lil Wayne had his run. 
uh, uh, I feel like Ghostface was having his his run, you know what I mean? Um, holding it down for Wu. So I, you know, and that's a whole other thing. But I feel like um, Sean Price came in, right? Um, and I think at the time uh, they were re-releasing all the boot camp, but since Sean Price came back with with a whole completely um, unique angle, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we're hearing like the, the, the new Smith and Wesson joints and uh, the, the, the new um, uh, Buckshot joints, and we're like, I think Buckshot was working with Ninth Wonder, and we were like, all right, that's cool, that's cool. But Sean Price, like, he had that whole thing, like Kill always says, you know, the brokest rapper you know, um, you know what I mean? He was, he was gutter, you know, he was, he was talking about he was gonna, you know, punch him in the face, but then he also was witty with it, man. He was funny, like he didn't, like he was serious, but he didn't take himself too serious, you know what I mean? And 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 he still kind of gave you that that feeling, you know, of of, of the golden era, the boot camp stuff. So. I feel like he came in, in at the right time when we were kind of ready for someone to fill that void. Yeah. Sure. Here's the wild part with, with that. And I agree with you wholeheartedly because I remember my man Lunch telling me, being like, yo, you gotta hear this new show on Price. And I'm like, the nigga from Helter Skelter? Not Rock, right. Rock, like that nigga? Like, exactly. And then he gave it to me and I was like, yo, this shit's incredible. I just wonder, like, when we're talking about this time and I just wonder what it is, like, like I guess is the I guess my question is why did we need it? Like did we know we needed somebody saying I'm the brokest rapper alive? Was it was it the timing that it was like everybody right now is saying I'm rich? Because that's what struck me. Yeah. He was like that, he was like he's saying yeah. he's saying that he's the brokest rapper alive. Because here's the thing that could have that could almost went the opposite direction because like everybody saying he's rich. Who the fuck wants to hear about a broke nigga? You know what I mean? But. I know for me that intrigued me when my man said, "Yeah, he's he's not going by Ruck no more. He's going by his name, Sean Price, and he's saying he's the brokest rapper alive." When he said that part, that's what made me want to listen because I'm like, "Now you've intrigued me because what is this whole brokest rapper alive type thing?" Mm-hmm. You know, and, but yeah. And, and and the other thing like that era, like if if you talk to heads about like you know the best eras in hip hop, like that's generally considered like in in that portion of the 2000s like people like nah that's probably like some of the weakest years in, in hip hop um, but, but he came in and he brought something unique you know and he was likable you know what I mean and he was making dope music um, that nigga I love that nigga face he was likable because he was relatable to right. the majority yeah. of people right so when everyone's talking about being multi-gazillionaires and not everyone is a multi-gazillionaire and can't do you know the the yacht thing and the travel the world thing here comes sean price and he grounds everybody back so yeah i mean yeah that nigga got line he said uh i love selling nicks at night go home (laughs) to my daughter and watch nick at night he said something like my wife's up something i'm lying that bitch can't cook like it was just like it was comedic it was like yo did this yeah. nigga just say his wife like this bitch can't cook like yo so like you said just just but again perfect timing um perfect timing even his videos were hilarious man yeah even yeah yeah really yeah the joints he would do would he be on a tennis court or he'd be like he was the dude who was and again i think i know for me at least i can only speak for me you can see you don't fuck with Sean P. You can see that he wasn't type of nigga that he would punch you in your face with no problem. But then he was silly as hell. 
And to me, those are the funniest niggas. Growing up in Philly, you love a funny nigga, but he not he he'll knock you the fuck out, but he's funny. So it's not like he's that thug that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll smile, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, nah, like yo, I'm I'm funny. Like, you know, let's joke and stuff like that about Sean P. What do you say? Um we say Sean Sean Price is nice, but something I forgot the line he said about that. Like, and it was like Jay couldn't even respond to that. Like somebody else, Jay may have responded to. He said something. I'll find a line, but he said oh, he something said about Sean, Sean. Sean Carter is 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 nice, but Sean Car- but but Sean Price is best or something. Something something to that something extent. To that and because what people don't, a lot of people don't know, Memphis Bleak is Sean Price's cousin, like his first cousin. So wow. yeah. So, you know, it's just wild because at that time, Jay would have took offense to that. It's like, Jay even knew, like, let me leave Sean P alone. Like, I don't yeah, even want to fuck yeah. with that nigga. Like, I don't even want that smoke right now. So, <laughs> he, he, he's almost on a on a MOP type level to me. Like, you just, the way you don't fuck with MOP, Good you don't fuck with Sean Price. Like, it's just, dude, there's certain people you don't mess with. You know, because again, MOP are the only people, they went through a Rockefeller breakup. They went through a, a, a G-Unit breakup. Nobody said nothing about MOP. You know, 50 is killing game, game and 50 shooting at each other, and Rockefeller, everybody beef with them. Niggas just let MOP, like, you want out your contract? There you go. God bless you guys. Just, you know, don't kill us. So, again, yeah. like that. Ev, who you got up next, good brother? My next person, man, it's kind of interesting because it comes off the back of a, of a group of people who wasn't a time period. He just was an onslaught. So we're talking about Wu-Tang, but the, but the, the MC that I'm referring to is Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about timing, um, I'm looking at Ghostface because during that time, we didn't really have a whole lot of storytellers. And Ghostface, you know, Slick Rick was kind of, wasn't really there like that. And Ghost just came in and kind of really held that like storyteller role and just kept it going for a while. So I got to give it to Ghostface for that. And like I said, but it's coming off the backs of uh, a group that really, for them, timing was a little bit of a factor, but it was more of like about their determination, and they just—they really just changed the game in a sense. And you got you got this group that's changing the game, and the solo artist that comes out that just has great timing, and and not that Ghost wasn't already good, but he, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'll be honest with y'all, when Ghost first, first came out, I was not a fan of Ghost nor Ray because I didn't know what the fuck they was talking about. And then Ghost was like, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. It was even more of a like, if you don't know what you're talking about, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know what you're talking about. But nonetheless, um, I still like Ghost because of his, you know, his storytelling capabilities was, was still like pretty amazing. It's funny that y'all said Ghost and Sean P back to back because I always look like they follow uh, similar uh, destinations. And what I mean by that is, I always said if I told somebody in 1994 at the height of the boot camp click that Sean P would be the one holding the flag at the end, niggas would be like, kill you out your goddamn mind, nigga. You got buckshot, you got tech still, you rock, rock better than rock, you know? String wonder, same thing with Wu-Tang. If I would have told you in 1993 that Ghostface, niggas would be like, Who, what, what rhyme does he even have? Like, I don't even know his rhymes on the first album, but Ghost was the one at the end who was still carrying the flag. Um, both of them have very unique styles. They have their own style. There's, there's no the way P would rhyme, the way Ghost would rhyme. Like nobody rhymed like them. Um, so it's just it, it's always mind blowing to me that the two 
people who you would think were the least important of the group were the ones at the end of the day that were and Buck and Drew have talked about how like yo Sean P saved saved us they saved Duck Down Records like Sean P is the one who saved you know and I don't know if Rizzo said it publicly but shit we all know after all that immobility and all the Takao 50,000s and all that other shit like niggas was still always waiting for a new ghost out you know what I mean so just funny y'all both said that back to back like that uh Greg who you got up next I don't know if people think about this cat like that man as far as filling a void man Kendrick Lamar yeah. think about think about 2012 2012 was dead in the water dead in the fucking water wasn't nobody rhyme about shit my emotions ain't coming out hey get in the water and, and what i and what i mean by that is from a lyricist standpoint right like not not saying that a certain region does not have lyricism but lyricism that everybody can gravitate towards um good kid mad city i don't think nobody expected anything from the album hell nobody probably knew who he was right comes out with the album and then you have a bunch of followers as far as influence, right? right. You look at a Mick Jenkins, you look at all of these artists from that stature, he fills that void because there is nothing there from from that level. Um, you look at production, DJ Dahi, DJ, uh, DJ Khaled, not the other Khaled, but uh, it's another cat, his name is DJ Khalid, sorry, pronunciation is off. But I think he filled a void, man, and ran with it. I mean, you look at it now people are still looking for another kendrick album and and and, and it's not coming until he decides to drop it but i yeah. think he filled a serious void in 2012 it was refreshing honestly because the south had a fucking chokehold on it yeah. like a straight chokehold in 2012 i remember doing clubs in 2012 and i don't think i played honestly i don't remember playing anything outside of anything that sounded southern until I would until until his album dropped, it, it, the South had it, and for him to come out with the music he came out with, I think filled a void, a refreshing void that we needed. Yeah, it's and I know say that too, because one of the things that when Kendrick came out, what that made me, uh, what it made me think about was there's a like, you know, this this thing goes into goes in a cycle, goes in a circle. You have there's a time when it's nothing but production, there's a time when it's nothing but the, the flaws. And it's a time when it goes back to the back to the lyrics and back to the MCs. And Kendrick took that shit right back around. Took it right back. And that, took it right that back. Very impressive. And it made me realize, like, oh, this this shit is in cycles. Like it's not gonna be one way all the way through. It's gonna have, you know, everybody got everybody got an age to do their thing. That's probably yeah. back to that actual lyricism, that, that lyricism age. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he made point, motherfuckers bring their pen. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm sorry, Eddie, what you saying? I remember when uh, Section 80 came out. I think Section 80 came out the year before, or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or maybe two years before. And uh, I remember hearing that. I'm like, damn, like, it was a really strong project. And I was like, man, this kid got potential. Little did I know how much he was going to blow up with yeah. Good Kid Mad City. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, man, this is a kid to watch. Then next thing you know, he's on top of the world, man. See, it was backwards for me. I didn't hear Section 80 until after I heard the kid Massey. Mm. I didn't know who Kendrick Lamar was. Like, my homie, he's from L.A., he's from West Covina. And he was like, he, he brought it to me in the middle of a set. It's like, he gave me the CD and was like, I don't know what the fuck you got to do to put this in your shit right now, but you need to listen to this while you playing tonight and play something. Bro, I played, uh, hold up, what's the joint? 
uh, pour up drink joint. I, I played that. I, yeah, I played that shit in like the middle of the set just to see what would happen. Crickets, motherfuckers went this way. Played that shit three months later, the whole fucking club. Motherfuckers jumping off the fucking walls three months later. And that, it's, it's just crazy how much of a void I think it filled. I think the other thing too, and like you said, Rick, just the spillover of people trying to sound like Kendrick. For a while, I couldn't listen to your guy, Mick. Is that his name, Mick Jenkins or whatever? Mick Jenkins, yeah, Mick Jenkins is fire. I love it. I him. couldn't listen to that because it sounded too much like Kendrick. But now yeah. I'm at the point, I'm at the same point where I was with D'Angelo, with Chico and Myra, because I'm listening to this new <laughs> Earth game. Oh, oh you're yeah. not. The Earth, Earth, and that, and that's a spillage. Earth, Earth Gang is Earth, a straight spillage. Earth Gang, but is Earth Gang, but I'm listening to the new album, and I'm like, I like this, but it's very Kendricky, like you know. And I'm thinking that's why I'm liking it so much yeah. Yeah. because it reminds me of Kendrick, and I don't have that's, a new Kendrick album. So that's like with D Smoke, right? No, that's who it was, D Smoke, that you was trying to put me onto. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go back and listen because now I'm in the mood for something that yeah. sounds. Like Kendrick at that time, I wasn't probably because you know, damn was out, or I don't know the years they all get muddled together. But it's almost like when you be like, Yo, man, we ain't been out to get pizza in a couple of months, like, I want some pizza. Like, that's how I almost feel like I'm I, at that time, I was good, I ain't want no pizza, we just had pizza. Like, I don't want, like, I'm, I'm listening to Kendrick, so I don't want it. I can't listen to this D smoking it because he sounds too much like it, but because I haven't had no Kendrick in so long. It's like, you know, well, fuck it. We can't go to our favorite pizza spot, so let's go to the other spot because I'm in the mood for some pizza now. So, definitely. I definitely got sat back into that. Porsche, you got up next. Um, I got Nicki Minaj, um, kind of. So, I've got Little Kim filling a void and then Nicki okay. Minaj kind of coming in and, and filling that. Um, right. Now, it's kind of like, it seems that way anyway because although... Nikki writes her own stuff, and Lil Kim do, didn't. Do tell she does. Well, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on it. This is what I've heard. Um, but anyways, there may be some little differences, but I think overall there was a void for the same image that Lil Kim had, and the same kind of, um, yeah, you know subject matter that she would rap about um in hip-hop like it, people needed that the the fellas needed that the women needed that um i think it was just one of those things and she literally came in and took like she's very successful <laughs> in the lane that she's in and i think that she did kind of play with the formula a little bit i don't think lil kim was as maybe poppy as nikki is um, however, Nikki also does rap, um, and she has rap, so it's kind of one of those things to me. Um, I feel like she definitely did fill that void that Lil' Kim didn't have, and I also think maybe that's why th they were sort of beefing and, and were pitted against each other. I don't know. Again, I'm uh, not... Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, I got some to add. Uh, and, and the reason why they were beefing is that Nikki was blatant as hell. Like you're saying, oh, I was a little no, she was blatant because you know, Lil Kim. I just, what, I just do not want yeah. any Nikki. I don't care. I yo, give me all the smoke, all you barbs, all, all you barbs, and <laughs> that point, Nicki Minaj calling her barb or calling her fans barbs and calling herself Barbie. Right. Like that was that was Lil Kim first. So calling herself the Black Barbie. 
poses. You know, uh, Nicki Minaj jacked Lil Kim's whole pose. Like, there's there's some YouTube video out there where you can see all the ways that Nicki Minaj jacked Lil Kim's posties, swag, whatever you want to call it. Like, from the wigs to the imagery and all that. Like, it was it was blatant. So, man, I, yo, I'm not mad at uh, uh, Lil Kim for being pissed. I'd be pissed too, like, and and she wasn't. Was it, homage. But wasn't the fact? That's what I was about to say. Was she like not paying homage? Was she like trying to act like she nah, didn't yes. get this style from Little no, Kim? It wasn't homage. Exactly. Yeah, she, 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 was was she was not paying. She was not paying. Whatever, homage. whatever it was, it was not homage. That's for sure. Okay. That, that, that's that's why you hear more static between those two than you do between her and a Cardi B because Cardi B is like hell bitch if it wasn't for Lil Kim my, my nut ass wouldn't be here you know what yeah. I'm saying like Car- Cardi is straight be like nah I'm thankful for all that shit Nicki Minaj is like nah bitch just me like nobody okay. did none of this shit prior to me and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. <laughs> alright yeah I, I have no idea what goes on with Nicki Minaj and that whole world so I, that's why I'm asking uh, the next person I got up again, a piece of big dying is Shine. To me, Shine does not get signed by Puff um, if Big is still alive. Like it's like you know, from what I heard, it was like niggas in Brooklyn was like, "Yo, we got this dude. He sounds just like Big." And then Puff came to the barbershop and heard him and signed him. And next thing you know, we got the Bad Boy song out and everything like that. Um, so, and I mean, the crazy thing is there was also a time in gospel, because there was a gospel rapper named BBJ, who mm. sounded and yeah. looked like Big, because I remember, this is around the time I, I first got saved and was going to church, and all my, my people was in church would be like, yo, you need to stop listening to hip-hop, get on this gospel rap. I was like, oh, that shit corny, I don't give a fuck, nigga, like, yo, I don't care, I can love God all day, bro, but this old guy is good, God is great, this is whack. Man, and my man Shabao used to just sit by car all day and just play these stuff. He'd be like, What you think? I'm like, Nigga, if you don't get this whack shit out of my car, I'm like, Yo, let me play you something. You hear that beat? Find me somebody who got a beat like that. And then, man, he's like, But yo, these, this the cross movement. They from your town, Philly. I swear to God, everybody out there watching, look at, look, what camera am I? I'm looking right here. Don't fucking, I know where I'm from. It doesn't matter if somebody is from Philadelphia. If they're whack, I don't give a fuck. Like, niggas be like, yo, but they from Philly. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't, nigga, I'm not built like that. Ev, bro, when you let them know Philly niggas mean, if you whack, you whack. It don't matter. And they love, state. they, everybody who listen to gospel rap will be like, yo, but the cross movement is from Philly. Nigga, I don't care if they're from Providence Street, nigga. That, <laughs> I don't matter. I, I don't. Philly has the hardest critics. We criticize yeah, like, everything. I don't. I don't care where they're from. That's great, you know. But all that to just say that, like, everybody was trying to replace Big. Like, you know, like even the gospel people were like, "Yo, this guy BBJ, big fat dark skin dude, sounds like Big." So, you know, again, there's no way that I think if Big is alive, there's no way Biggie Puffy is even looking for somebody who sounds like Big. You know what I mean? To yeah, and Gorilla Black like this. There's no oh, reason God. for me to sign somebody who's still alive. You know, and Puff has black. always been trying to do that because right. Puff, for a time, was trying to sign Rick Ross and Nicki Minaj under Bad Boy and make them the new Big and Little Kim. He was trying to he was trying to get that. So again, it's just like I'm always like, yo, why can't can't we just come up with a new idea? 
Can't we do that? Do we have to get a Transformers no. number 29? Do we have to get, you know, the Fantastic Four rebooted for the fifth time? Can't we just move on to another fucking comic? So, you do we have to get another big and little Kim? Can't you just puff? Can't you just sign somebody new and, who's nice? And Loon, Puff wanted Loon to be like Mace, the next Mace. Right, exactly. Yeah. Great, great point. Great point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because he's right, because he did yeah, want him to right. be a new mace. The yeah, reason absolutely. I'm laughing is because on that picture on Twitter, someone said you... Yeah, somebody. Someone, Here's someone the thing. Said, someone said, oh, I, have to, I have to tell the group, someone said under that picture, how come we've never seen you and Loon in the same room? And I just lost it. <laughs> Yo, but here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Ever since Loon got out with his beard, I've heard the same thing. This is the first time I've heard it with just the goatee. Because I had to go see back then. Because ever since Loon has come out with the beard, everybody is like, yo, Kill, why didn't you tell us you signed a bad boy, nigga? You know, da da da. So it's funny that even with that one picture, I didn't know I was going to get that much. Smile. I thought I looked cool in the picture, but obviously, I guess, you know, it's just <laughs> jokes 101 on the timeline today. So, yeah, I've, I've been called everything from a broke Sorry, jazz no. musician. Just to bring it back, um, I was going to say, I think the reason why big left so, so much of a void in so many different areas was because he made it look so effortless and and puff i think um didn't attribute enough of big's like entire image to him like to himself he he thought he created that and he didn't he tried and he couldn't recreate it because those elements that made big so likable and so charismatic and so effortless was innately big it was not right. manufactured by puff and i wish to god somebody had just shooken puff and been like bro like stop like but stop again but, but porsche but porsche what's the goal the goal is to sell records the yeah. the, the the fact is big is was my biggest selling yeah artist. and i'm glad puff so I'm, I'm glad yeah yeah but yeah but failed over and right over but that's why puff isn't thinking about let me try to replace the person the personality like it's literally let me just hope and pray that people will listen I, to shine no, no, hair biggie and buy the I record would, i would honestly argue that puff thought that he could create big and that big was a created mm. entity and not innately himself and i don't know i mean to a certain degree you can create an image and you can sell an image but i think with big it was very different and maybe that's why people think i stand big is because i just think he was so much larger than that he he wasn't he wasn't you couldn't create a big you just couldn't because the things you love about big is not i mean here's the thing you really when you, when you have people of that talent level it's like jay told dame you made jay make another one you know what i mean and you can't because that's like somebody saying yo wreck draft the steph curry you'd be like nigga where, where am i find it steph curry y'all seen this shit this nigga is doing you like yo like, how you think i'm gonna catch the shit yeah like yo you can't there's certain people you can't recreate you know what i mean and, and it was the same thing when they tried to recreate tupac and freaking ja rule to a degree well, no, but here's the thing, but again, Porsche, again, it's about filling the void of the look, not the person. Because Ja Rule was never going to be anything Emperor. like Emperor. Pop. But like he could fill the void of being the dark skinned, bald headed person with a bandana on. Right. right. And Ja Rule ran the summer for like four years. So again, 
it, I don't think it's about recreating the person. Again, it's what your goal is. Most of these moguls' goals, because you're naming people like Big, Irv Gotti, mm-hmm. all these record label heads who are at that time in competition with each other. You mean like Puff, Puff and Irv? Puff, I'm sorry, Puff, yeah. Puff and Irv, Puff, Irv, the Rough Riders, all of them have this. Yeah, we brothers, but nigga, at the end of the day, I want my name higher than your name on the Forbes right. list that comes out at the end of the year. So none of these people are worried about like making a person who's good. We just want to sell a shit ton of, ton of records. Pop dead, this dark skinned little nigga, shave your head, get a bandana on, let's go. You know and what I mean? I'm glad, and I'm glad they failed. I, I honestly. Well, I can't say Jock failed in the realm of making money and selling records. Right, right. Herb right. was not That's trying right. to recreate a Black Panther person who was going to speak for the people. Irv wasn't trying to recreate that. Irv was just trying to sell some fucking records. Again, all these people care about is selling records. They don't care about shit else, but selling a boatload of records. Shine don't look nothing like Big. I never really thought Shine really sounded like Big like that. Like, I thought your old Drew sounded like Nas. Like, when niggas first told me your old Drew, my man hit me and was like, yo, this is some Nas shit. He's trying to get off the Def Jam. Yo, this is he. This is his alias, your old Drew. This is how I heard your old Drew, and I'm listening like it sound like Nas, but this ain't Nas. Like this, this don't got the same flow. So I didn't even get that from Sean. I mean, he. I don't know. I just never got the whole big thing, you know. And I never even heard the first album. I never even brought it because I was like, I'm. I, I can't even buy this based off the fact that Puff is trying to sell him as Sean. It could be a five mic album for all I know. I just it's never not. had the urge to listen to it. And no one in four in, in, in the past it's twenty not. years has ever said, Nigga, you didn't hear Sean's first album, that shit is incredible. So there was no reason you know for me to listen to it. Like what Shine was missing Shine didn't have to bounce, man. You know what right. I mean? Um, and right. and and that's why like, you know, it, it, it comes down to the Jamaican roots, man, because you know, Heavy B had that bounce. Big had that bounce. You know what I mean? Um, but this is Shine something. He's something. Belize. He's, like, he's from Belize. Belize. Yeah, he's from Belize. Okay. I don't know nothing about it. Here's nothing about everybody watching. I suck in geography. So I don't even Belize know. Is nothing like Jamaican. Yeah, okay. Thank you. That's all you have to say. I appreciate that. will be nothing like Jamaican yeah. roots whatsoever. Right. Because so. he tried. I mean, that first single with Barrington Levy, um, you see where they were going with. Mm-hmm. I actually like that song, by the way. I do. So I was going to say, I do like that joint. Yeah, yeah, but you see the you know direction they were going with. With yeah, him. You know that one and the second one he had. And the yeah, second one too. Two songs with Barrington. Yeah, but I think Eddie made a good point. He didn't have the, you know how you, like Biggie just knows how to glide on a beat, like on anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sean didn't have that. Sean was more like hardcore, but he couldn't. If you put Sean on one more chance, he would sound out the of same home. way he sounded on Bad Boy. Like Sean, he right. can't. Yeah, yeah, it's, he, he don't have it, and, and uh, like the piggyback off course, like you, I think Puff didn't take into consideration the elements that Big himself brought to why he was so light. You know what I'm saying? You might have had a part in like picking some beats and making him rhyme over uh, Juicy and all that, but Big had something in him himself that made him. You know what I'm saying? That's why you can't. Put that formula on another person and expect it to thrive. You know what I'm saying? It's why everybody failed at it. When now we're trying to do songs like you owe me back. Like people were trying, right. People were trying to follow. It's Aunt Maybelline's fucking fucking macaroni (laughs) and cheese. And everybody's trying to make it and nobody could ever do it really successfully, I guess, until Jay. 
On the R&B tip, I got Drew Hill. They dropped in 96. Jodeci's last album was in 95. To me, Cisco sounds just like KC. Mm-hmm. It kind of was like, there's a Jodeci boy. Jodeci's last album was 95. I think they didn't drop another album to like 2015 or something. You know, so there was a 20-year void in there of Jodeci. And I felt like Cisco sounded just like KC. They kind of, Drew Hill kind of came in with that, um, tell me what you want. And it kind of just ran right there. And they didn't have any competition because Jodeci never came back out. So that was that. Well, what you got for your next one? Um, So I got this collective feeling of void and it's just running away with it. I got Griselda. Mm. Um, nice. You know what I'm saying? The type of music they were making, like you had to like be going back and listening to something old. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to Cuban Links. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wasn't getting that type of music current. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, that's why, like, their fan base, like, were probably fiending for some music like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, and and then it was upon them to keep just flooding the, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Keep flooding you with music, you know what I'm saying? Because these, again, these weren't young dudes. You know, they were already in their 30s. When they came out, you know what I'm saying? So they ain't got no time to waste. You feel what I'm saying? So they, they putting that music out there and it, it kind of just blew up from where, where it started. But it was a void for that type of hip hop at the time that they came out. We wasn't getting that shit. Like we was not like very maybe one or two people that, you know what I'm saying? We weren't getting that type of hip hop. Not that shit. Not that, yeah. <laughs> not, not that the, Not the, not the. Come on the record. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I mean, like, as far as, the, I mean, we had push with the drug rap, but we didn't have all of that. You know what I'm saying? It was a void and they I think they just slid right in and boom. You know what I'm saying? Look where we at now. I think the other thing with them, bro, that was on my list too. Um, I think we had some that was like that, but the thing that it's kind of like what y'all are saying about Big, Conway and Benny are dope MCs. Like that's a that's a huge piece too that falls in there. Like to me, those are two of the dopest MCs right now off the planet Earth, in my opinion. Like Con and Benny are both incredible MCs. Like I put, I'm not saying that like Big and Jay, but I believe Conway and Benny have. They have the ability to make a five mic album every time out. They're that dope lyrically. So it was the fact that we're not getting that music, but we also have two incredible MCs who are doing it. And then along with that, they opened up the door for everything upstate. Because before Griselda, if you would have said, yo, kill this to this nigga, he from Buffalo, I would have been like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's every damn rapper. There are people that I've seen on the timeline. They like they're Buffalo MC, and if they sound good, hey, you you looking for beats, man? Because <laughs> right now everybody will fuck with a Buffalo MC. You know what I mean? Same thing. Stove got us from Syracuse. Do you know that in nineteen? Uh, tell them in nineteen ninety five. Let somebody say you from Syracuse, New York, nigga. Go play basketball. Go find a fucking. Go find Jim Bohem or Jim Bohem or somebody, nigga. Go play basketball. We don't want to hear you rap. But after Griselda. 
you can say you from Niagara Falls, you can say you from Buffalo, you can say you from Syracuse, you can say you from Peekskill, you oh, could be cool. like, and people are going, ears are going to be open, they did for Buffalo what Wu did for Staten Island, because before Wu was Staten Island, wasn't nobody, what race say that everybody's family from Charlotte, like, before, even if your parents was from Staten, you was like, oh, yo, they, uh, they, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like you wearing that on your chest, like, nah, Shaolin, nigga, you know what I mean, so... I just uh, left yeah. up that way in August when I went to go finish the album with my uh, with my little brother. And we went out, bro. It's a scene up there, uh, hungry little MCs, bro. Yeah. Hungry, Yo, hungry. That's what Anthony from uh, from uh, from up that way. They hungry. I give, it to, give it to Griselda though. Not that I know their catalog all that well, but a lot of times, especially during this conversation, we're talking about the time and the people getting in. Not too many people. The thing I like about Griselda is they told you like, yo. This shit wasn't, nobody was doing this. And we came back to do this shit right here. Like, they let it be known what their actual, like, what their plan was and why their plan was in, was in action. And I really tip my hat to them, cats because a lot of people, they feel the void, but they don't say that they're feeling the void. They're just coming to do it. Where the other told you, like, yo, this is what we're doing. And, and, a, and a crazy thing about them, like, 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 Benny and Conway, like, it's people that think Benny is better than Conway and there's people that think Conway is the best one. Right. And then there's people that think Westside make the best albums. You right. know what I'm saying? Like so they they're like strong yeah. all through that. You know what I'm saying? So right. no, don't pick, don't pick. Eddie, hey, what you got up next? Yo, the next one I got, um I know Kendrick was already mentioned, man. I'm, I'm going J. Cole, man. And uh I think the void that J. Cole filled is it may sound crazy, but you know, like everyone was looking for a Nas successor, you know what I mean? And and people were like placing that label on on MCs, like, oh, you're the next Nas, you're the next Nas. And J. Cole got that, but then J. Cole also got that Nas cosign. And I and and, and I think that was it. And you know Cass um, was saying that J. Cole was the next Nas. They were trying to Yeah, I I, I heard. You know, I heard like maybe not like the style i feel like stylistically you know um elzai has elements closer to Nas. maybe not you know subject matter wise but you know in some cases he does um but you know pe- people are kind of looking for 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 that and um and i kind of feel like j cole kind of filled that at least for like the younger generation you know what i mean to to kind of champion someone's like oh yeah you know we have we have some of those lyrical we got you know this and that is you know K- kendrick a-, a lot of people don't feel like kendrick is as lyrical you know um for whatever reason and you know maybe maybe because he don't do uh that rapidly rap stuff that that j cole does you know from time to time and you know uh Kendrick is more conceptual, you know what I mean? He, he's conceptual, comes up with these, you know, albums, tell stories and all that. Um, you know, J. Cole does a rapidly rap stuff and, you know, he, he got the flow and he got this and that, so, you know. All right, no think, doubt, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, what you got up next, man? Uh, One of the last ones I got, because I think everything else that I had here got, got spoken on, um, is Lauren. Lauren Ooh. Hill. So, when Lauren Hill dropped, most of myself, most heads like, we about to get this MC. Quick question. Are you saying uh, the miseducation Lauren Hill or the... Miseducation, miseducation okay. Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think her coming in and doing like in more of an R&B album than a hip hop album, it's kind of like, oh, okay. And in that there was a, there was, I'm, I'm not gonna say there was a void that was fulfilled, but there was, there was a thing that we didn't get. We didn't have any real, a whole lot of MCs doing a whole lot of singing. And she came and just was like, understood what was that, that thing that wasn't there and went in and grabbed it and, just, and, 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 you know, ran it to death pretty much even to now. So yeah, so that just, she was my last one um, as far as timing is concerned because the timing was good. There was already beef with the Fugees and she came out from a woman's perspective and gave a whole woman's perspective in a, in a way that a lot of women could actually adapt to. But for most of most of the men, she was still one of like that that killer MC that we all. Um, so yeah. yeah, she still owe me a fucking rapping out <laughs> because and, and and I don't want the shit now. I want that rapping album when you was in your rapping bag. Like I know everybody loved when she spit on Nas and shit. I was like that that that's cool, but I want. And we'll never get it. Same way with 3000. I wanted him when he was in his bag. Like, I don't want you to rap now. I want you, like, like, wreck. We want Penny when, before Penny got hurt. You know what I mean? That's the Penny we wanted. We don't want the Penny after the surgery. We want the Penny pre surgery. You know? I don't want Phoenix Penny. I want, yeah, I, I want Orlando Penny. Penny. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing. So love miseducation, but goddamn, I just wanted, you know, I wanted that out. I wanted that rap now. Um, Rack, what you got up for your last joint, or if you whichever one nah, you this, want. This, this, I was gonna say, I think, I think we all wanted that 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 rapping joint from Lauren. Oh, it, yeah. was, it, it was needed, and she missed the motherfucking mark, big time. I would really want to know, like, I would really want to ask, like, why big did time. you choose to go that route? Like, why didn't you uh. go the route of? The love below and give us a double album. I mean, if she could just be like, "Nigga, I ain't feel like rapping," and that that would be, and that would have been, that, that would be a legit answer. I don't got no yeah. beef with that, but I just want to know. Like, it's like, yeah. did you just not feel like rapping? Were you just, just why? Because we've never gotten the explanation, and at least I haven't seen it. The explanation no. of to why we never got. You. I don't know if we will. Yeah. Uh, so my last one is not so much necessarily like a rapper for their influence, but for what they did that influenced everybody fucking else to do the same thing, thinking it was with the same fucking results. <laughs> Fifth, the mixtapes. Yeah. The motherfucking mixtapes. Bro, if you had the plug to G-Unit mixtapes from 2001-ish to 2002, you you had some skin in the game, bro. Those mixtapes were wildfire. It was it. I, at the time, I had never seen nothing like that. This dude's taking people's songs that are hot and making his own shit. And I'm getting requests in the club to play. Um, got me a model as opposed to the RL joint. Got me a bottle. Like cats wanted the whole other joint. They didn't even want the actual song. They wanted what he was spitting on that joint, man. For him to take that and run that into a whole career to where he don't even rap with the exception of his uh of his shows. That shit is genius, man. Cause motherfuckers are still trying to pass me a mixtape. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, fam, let's, let me hear an album. Let me hear an album. I don't want to hear a mixtape. In that sense. And, and and that's the that's the that's the core of what people are doing. And the, that whole mixtape to an album thing. That was fifth. That was fifth in yeah. G Unit. They was doing a mixtape every other month, and 
that shit turned into stardom for them dudes. Let me ask you this, F, since you're, you're the resident MC. Is it easy for you to write rhymes like that? Because I've always wondered that. So, Rec, when you're talking about you, you're, you're rapping all these mixtapes, you know, I'm like, and again, because I don't rap, so I don't know, like, how long it takes or is it easy or what. It just seems like trying to do mixtapes every month and trying to do an album, like, it. How, how, does your pen work like that, Eb? Like, can you create at, at a high level all the time? You know what I mean? Um, I'll be honest, every every MC is different. So I don't write that fast, and I'm known not to write that fast. Um, at the same point in time, I, I used to write and not write stuff down. It was just cast that did that too. But I think every pen is different. There are some people that can kick out work in a rapid fire way that way. Now, some of them is dope. Some of them sound like they just kicked it out real, real quick, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I feel like every MC is different when it comes to that. And, you know, I in my, you know, in my study, I don't know if it's because of, of the life that you're living, like how much you got to say. Um, I don't, it, there's a lot of different perspectives to, uh, to, to form around it. But definitely, you know, there are some cats that I know that are, that are dope. I feel like classic is like that. Classic will fit verses out and them shits will be dope. And he'll just, you know, and the next, he'll be on the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. And then you, like I say, you have some cats that'll do that, and it just sound like, yo, you need to slow down and go back and re reread, or mm. you know, that shit you wrote because it wasn't that good. So I think I don't, I don't think there's like there's not a one size fits all when it comes to MCs because everybody is different, and I think everybody's rooting in their inspiration. Different. Mine was very much Philly, so you know, for somebody else it might be the head, the cats that they with. Somebody else might be also over here, so it all depends on what's fueling you, and then it's the type of the type of MC you are. To me, nah, I couldn't I couldn't kick those out that bad. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because the part that fuels you, I guess that may be key. So, like you said, if it is fifty G unit, if it's Queens, if it's New York, the niggas you around, and we around each other every day, and then we're able to, you know bounce things off each other so yeah it's like i said that about when tribe broke up i was like yo you know people may not think it's a big deal but if the way you made the first three tribe albums was we all hang out in queens we all link up at the studio we all do it this way and then fife moves to atlanta and tip is over here making beats and you're over there and ali's over there doing that and we kind of just come together just in the studio where some of the magic may have been what happened before we got to the studio you know that made the music so great that's one of my one of the points that i like to talk on too because it's like a lot of times people think mcs get older and they just lose something it's not that it's what you were doing in your 20s how you were living you're not doing that shit no more so the stuff that was fueling you hanging out with your peoples every day if that shit was fueling your pen and now you're older you got a family you're not hanging out with cats like that so your pen game is going to reflect that until you find enough resources so yeah, it's, it's 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 real, man. The sourcing part is very real for any kind of art, any kind of artist, which whatever you're being sourced by, it's going to actually you're going to need that. You know, that's why I'm like sometimes with MCs, you know, they they get on and they get hot and they move to the suburbs and they stay in the suburbs. It's probably nice out there, but if you if 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 what you were feel by was your neighborhood, it's going to be hard for you to write the same way you did out in the suburbs. It's just that's right. just. It's, 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 it's magnetic, you know. 
it's funny, Iran, DJ Iran, um, we were talking one day, and he was like, Kill man, you ever peep how Peach Rocks beats be all beautiful? He's out there fucking Mount Vernon. You Mount know Vernon. what I mean? He was like, but then you hear Primo's beats and they're grimy and grungy. That nigga's in Brooklyn somewhere. You know, he's in D and D. So, and I was like, yo, I never, I never thought about it like that. Like, yo, like you're saying, your environment, you kind of make what you, what you see, and like you said, where. And I think that's the key of of any artistic person understanding where you get your own from. My own for making beats a lot of times come from when I hear something that's incredibly dope. Because if I'm very cocky about anything, it's my beats. So if I hear something, I'm like, oh, that nigga. In my mind, it's like, oh, that nigga coming for my ass. That nigga don't know who the fuck. Alchemist don't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for me, that's what fuels me. When I hear something crazy, I'm like, oh, time to go turn on the machine. The funny thing, my man Shy, and we all know Bezo, they got influenced when they would hear whack stuff. Because they were like, I need to come save the day. Like, yo, hip-hop is falling down and I need to get up. So, like you said, we're all fueled by something different. I hear something whack. I'm like, nigga, I'm good. Shit, my shit crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then when I hear something crazy, I'm like, oh, no, I need to time to turn this back on. So, like you said, we're all fueled by something else. Uh, the problem is a lot of people don't know what fuels them. So a lot of time, that's why they run out of fuel because they don't know. They don't know, and especially for MCs, you gotta know what's fueling your pen. If you don't take time to really study that shit, I'm gonna do a shameless plug. We're talking about this in the in the theater theater. They're doing a theater piece on on lyricism called Profit. Kills a part of it. We'll talk more about that shit later. But that's one of the things we're talking about is like you gotta know what's fueling you because if you're not aware of that and you think it's just you. And you put you in a whole different situation, you're not going to write the same way you write. You're going to look at your rhymes and be like, well, is it good or is it not good? I don't know what this is anymore. It's because you kind of lost your sourcing. And the thing is, that's when a lot of people quit. Because it's like, my shit ain't good no more. I'm going to quit. It's like, it's just like driving a car. If you don't know that you have to put gas in your car, your car is going to stop. And you're going to be like, yo, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I don't know why it's not running. Okay, well, fuck it. Then I, I have to buy a new car. You got to know what fuels you. Lyricism is a mind-based thing. It has nothing really to do with your body. It's not like your body's getting older. You can't write no more. No. If anything, you probably going, you probably have more vocabulary. It depends on what you do in life. If you're reading, you're going to have more vocabulary. You're going to have more of everything. But if you don't have the proper sourcing, if your sourcing has changed and you haven't figured out how to change, how to redirect the thing that's fueling you, then you're going to be a victim to it. It's so funny because me and Ev always talk about when, when I moved into this house, I was worried because I'm worried about my space. I'm very picky about where I make beats and how my speakers are set up and how the sound feels. So it's kind of like when I first moved here, I was like, oh man, all right, let me try to cook something up. And before I got something dope, I was nervous. Like, yo, am I gonna, because your environment plays so such a big factor in what you hear, the way you hear your music and everything like that. So and that's just look. Most MCs have a lot of respect for cats from different regions because we, because I know if you in LA, if you in Chicago, if you in Toronto, whatever that shit is that's making you do what you do, that shit is important. That so your region plays such a big part. Like I want to, I want to see what 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 fuels certain cats in Chicago. I want to see what fuels certain cats in Detroit. Because I'm like, yo, it, I, I can see the parallels in the shit that fuel me. So 
Yeah, man, it's just, it's just a respect thing. And it's funny because that's what I said with that album coming, Nobody Smiling, that was supposed to be about Chicago, that him and No ID needed to go live in Chicago. Chicago. You can't do that. Not, Chicago. Now, you can't make an album about me and Rel can't sit here and make an album about Philly living in fucking Maryland. Nope. If we decided we're going to do an album about Philly, me and Rel would have to be like, all right, nigga, we're going to rent an Airbnb for about three months. We're going to hang out. We're going to be out in these streets. We're going to be out here. We're going to breathe Philly again. Because Philly, I've been lived in Philly since 1992 when I left to go to Morgan. Nigga, it's 2022. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to be there. So that's so important. All the people out there, the creative people, just here's some game for y'all. You got to find out what drives you, where you get that. Because if you don't, you're going to be lost. And you're going to be trying to do a whole bunch of different things to try to find out what can fuel you to do it. You got to figure out what it is that you need. And if you need to be in Philly, then that's what Rakim said once. Whenever he gets writer's block, he just goes out and lives some more. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. When I'm working on a script and I get writer's block, I go to this Popeyes. Anybody in DC knows I go to the Popeyes on yeah. motherfucking Martin Luther King Avenue. I sit down there and I eat lunch for about two hours and I air hustle all the conversations. I come up with new characters. I come up with new plots. I come up with new stuff because, and I go to the hood. I don't go to the one in Northwest. I don't go to the white one in Northeast. I go to the hood as Popeyes. Somebody said, yo, just get on the A train. If you in New York, ride the A train all day. Just take a day off of work. Take a day off of work and you ride the A train all day and just air hustle. Don't have no headphones on. Just just be, I guarantee you, you may be able to write a whole album just from riding the A train back to front. From Far Rock to Harlem, baby. Far Rock to Harlem. We got you. (laughs) Really uptown. I would just walk the blocks. Just, mm. just because that's the shit that was like seeing just, just people's movement, what people's conversation was, the slang of people, like the little, like all that stuff is fueling what it is that I'm doing, especially this fall too, and the weather is like kind of risky. See, that's, a, cool. see, that's the thing too. You, like us being from the East Coast, that that you, that, that 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 robbery weather, as we call it, man, oh, that's a whole nother chemistry that I didn't see a creator. <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, it's like on the ATL, the episode Robin season. Like the whole season was based off of that. And that's yeah. a whole nother, like, speak to just the chemistry of who we are as creatives and artists. Like, you need that. And so much of it, too, goes back to the barbershop. A lot of niggas can just go hang out. Where'd they find Shine? In the barbershop. Where'd Swiss come and meet Cassidy at? Around the corner at the barbershop. A lot of stuff. You could just go in the barbershop all day in here. Niggas, but that's the moral to the story. If you got writer's block, just go out there and live a little bit. Just go out there and live. It may not be at the suburb mall. So, like F said, you gotta find out. You gotta do that deep dive into when was I writing my dopest rhymes? Okay, who was I around? Where was I at? Where was I with? And try to figure those things out so that you can get back to that place to be able to write those dope rhymes again. Um, Dope, dope conversation. That may need to be a whole show right there. Porsche, do you have anything left? I know you said nope. three. Okay. Yeah, I, got, I only have um, three. The things I got left real quick, I got Mob Deep opening the door for CNN. I felt like once Mob came, yeah. that whole two MCs from Queens thing, just like, and, and Noriega says it all the time, having them styles was just on. He was like, yo, if it wasn't for Mob Deep, there is no CNN. I said every rapper post 2000 who doesn't sell drugs, they, they owe Kanye some money. I don't know if Kanye has enough. So, yeah. But the Chance, the Rappers, the Drakes, the Kid Cuddies, the Coles, the Kendricks, 
up until Kanye, you had to sell drugs. So if you're not selling drugs post 2000, you need to think Con- you need to thank Kanye West. Every rapper from Compton needs to thank NWA because when Straight Outta Compton dropped in '88, I didn't even know what Compton was. But I swear to you, a year later, every day on BET Rap City, there'd be another rapper with a Raiders jersey and a Raiders hat talking about Compton. Um, Every rapper who had the Iggy style needs to thank Das, Fushnikins, especially that first video of them rhyming in the damn Chinese takeout box in the middle mm. of space. Um, all of that shit. Uh, the Flatliners and every hardcore group need to thank the Grave Diggers. Anybody from Shaolin need to thank the Wu. The Fujis need to thank Diggable Planets because that's what the industry was looking for. We need a group with one girl, two guys, and come the Fujis. Kev Brown, high tech, and every beat, every producer who does not do their drums on pattern owes it to Dilla and all of drumless hip hop of this time. I'm going to say of the last 10 to 12 years, owes Rock Marcy a check. That is Griselda included, because when I first heard Reject 2, I was like three songs in, I was like, this is very Rock marcy and then on Rex Ryan, Rock Marcy is on the song with him, but I think the thing that, Rock Marcy is an acquired taste, I know some people who don't like Rock Marcy at all, call him trash, I love Rock Marcy, I think where Griselda came in and took that and ran with it, it was a drumless hip-hop, but they were two dope MCs that most people fucked with. I think rock is dope. Not everybody does. I got Miss Jones and every chick singing over hip hop beats. Needs mm. to thank Mary J for that. Um, and again, the, the whole Chris Brown Usher thing. You know, Usher, Chris Brown owes everything to Usher for taking that time off for whatever reason. Rel, you got any of them left, brother? I had, uh, I had two. Um, one, um, it goes back to Jay Z again. Um, I, uh, signing. All of those Philly rappers, mm, I think, yeah. I think uh, did something very positive for his career. For one, it gave him like backup. Like they were like shooters. They were they would disenter everybody. You know what I'm saying? And then it gave him not that he needed necessarily street cred, but the music he was making. Some of us was like, we don't want to. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to hear that. And they kind of bought like beans and all. They kind of mm. bought bought the streets back to Jay-Z and then I I agree with this that he kind of took Chris's flow. Oh no, he took it. He took it. Yeah. He took it. And uh and it worked well for him, you know what I'm saying? And at that time, that was a time they that was a they were, during that time, that was crazy, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And that him signing all of them and having them like that really helped his career. It helped theirs, but it really helped his to be honest with you. And it really did open a lot of doors for Philly because there was a time when everybody, it's just like with white rappers, when Dre had Eminem and everybody, you know, Timbaland needed Bubba Sparks and you just was, everybody was getting a white rapper. It seemed like after Cassidy, everybody wanted the Philly MC on their squad, you know? Yeah, and true. I just think it was dope that, like you said, for Jay to need that backup. Because Jadakiss has said this. He was like, yo, I've been around the world. Philly got the best rappers. Philly got the best spitters. You know what I mean? So the fact that Jay came to Philly, that nigga didn't go to Brooklyn. He didn't go to Marcy. He didn't go to Queens to get spitters. He that nigga came to Philly and just signed every fucking body. And it's crazy. It's crazy. He wanted Dutch and Spade mm. before he got Chris and all that. He wanted Dutch and Spade, which 
uh, which is crazy. So it, it tells you it was a concerted effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Getting all those dudes from Philly. And they helped each other because it, it did put Philly on the map. Like, everybody yeah. wanted From that Hot 97 from thing. From, for yeah. Jay to come up here and just be like, y'all spent? Like, I ain't even up here to rhyme. Now, here's the thing. I got to find this documentary on Jay-Z. I thought it was bootleg, but it's legit people in there. Jay just reminds me so much of Marlo. Again, because what Marlo would do was Marlo would get with you. Kind of, I, I call Marlo almost like what's, what's Shorty's name on um Mystique on the X Men, the blue chick, because like take, she could touch you yeah. and take what you, take what she needs, and then when she's done with you, she's done with you. You don't see Jay with too many people he came in with. You know, he got with Jazz, got what he needed from Jazz, left. Got with Dame, got what he needed from Dame, left. Got with this person, took what he needed from that person, left. Like you, besides Tide, I don't know anybody who really. And somebody could say, "Well, Kel, you know how money is, niggas get." I'm just saying that, like Jay needed, needed state property, got what he needed, and then what happened? He got rid of him. It's like Marlo, he needed the plug from Prop Joe, he got it, he got rid of him. Like that's what Jay does. He 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 got what he needed from Swiss, then he stopped fucking with Swiss. You know what I mean? So that that's what Jay is to me. But that's a great pick with them Philly boys, man. Eddie, you got anybody else left? I got I got one last. Oh, one. I'm sorry. I got my one fault. last one. Um, I, my fault. Uh, I got all the boy groups after New Edition. Uh, the new kids on the blocks and the. Oh, I think all that the is Insinks, new all the the insane, I think new all that is new edition. You know what I'm saying? So that's it for me. And then you can take even all the kid groups. The the youngsters, the illegal, like, you know, I forgot who was I was crisscross first? I, I forgot who was the first like hip hop kid group. But probably yeah. crisscross. It was nah. crisscross? Nah. I would say I would say I would say ABC, if anybody. It might have been ABC was before was, Chris AB, Cross. ABC came out before Crisscross. But I, I don't know. I, I suck with dates now. I suck with dates now. The youngsters' nah. first song was 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 this is a little something for the youngsters. For the youngsters. They, they, were really, for the youngsters. they were really young when that came. Now, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good yeah. question. I would say yeah. ABC. Right. That was ninety. Mm. Yeah, I love the fact that illegal came in there and cut all that nut shit out. It was yeah. like, yo, <laughs> illegal yeah. came and chopped off that. Niggas with no parents. Yeah, <laughs> one looking look like a baby trench and one looking like a baby red man, and it was Bro, just on and yo to this day, yo. Is, that I gets busy, yo, man. still bangs to this I day. Still, I still got that somewhere in one of these boxes, man. And Jamal, phase them all, phase them all by Jamal is one of yeah. my favorite songs. Bro. And the Pete Rock remix of that, good yes, lord, man. Yes. Don't even get me started, Eddie. What Make you got left, little brother? Yo, like um, all. West Coast alternative hip hop is, is, is like owes a debt to like uh, Soldier Mitchiff and and Hyro, you know what I mean? Like that whole camp, like because you know what I mean they 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 changed the whole perspective of of the West Coast. Like even though you know the Bay Area had their own own, own sound, but you know it wasn't like that, you know what I mean? Um, and 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 they had their own thing. Even if you want to say, you know, they somewhat like resemble east coast but 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 if you really listen kind of didn't you know what i mean they they had their own flow exactly i never thought it was east coast i think the, the problem yeah, with yeah. that with me was was the production 
because I know when I first heard Souls, I didn't think they were from Cali. When I heard the Alcoholics, I didn't think they were from Cali. When I first heard Cypress Hill, I thought they were from Cypress Hill, bro. No, so exactly. It's so crazy. No, I think that's another point is Cali is so fucking big. It's a whole like the north and inside, and, and the, the the north and the south is like from like New York to Atlanta. There's so right. much space. Yeah. So yeah. You're gonna have so many different variants of sound, and uh, like I feel like West Coast, some West Coast MCs don't get enough props. Planet Asia is one. I don't feel like the far I hate Rue in his time got enough credit. You know what I mean? There was a lot of like nasty just spitters. Not even like. They want some East Coast shit. They just was, they were just spitters. Yeah, and again, not not from the rhymes, but just from the production. Because at that time, the West Coast had a certain kind of beat. Yeah, you know, yeah. so when I first heard the alcoholics, when I heard only when I'm drunk, they rhyming over the doom, the doom, 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 the old EPMD joint. I'm not thinking these niggas from the West Coast. Now, of course, once I start listening to the rhymes, then you can hear like the accents and things like that. Or when I heard 93 till infinity, that doesn't sound like a West Coast beat like when i was over in la with Vern and ray i was asking them like how did y'all feel as west coast niggas when you heard the alcoholics because they didn't necessarily sound like west coast rappers you know what i, I mean like, they didn't sound LA. Yeah, yeah yeah they didn't sound like they were from la you know what i mean but um and cypress cypress beats i did not get west yeah. coast from them beats I, I I at all west coast that, until they had like bomb squatters type beats i was right. like, yeah, Bugs was, was in, like, a, in a bag over there. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. like I said, I thought I was like, oh, they from Brooklyn. They from Cypress Hill in Brooklyn. Like, I had no idea they was from Cali. You got anybody else, Eddie? No, that's it. All right, have you wiped? Wreck you wiped out? All right, no doubt. Um, what are we gonna do? Um, oh, we gotta get another one of these joints popping. So what's the scenario? We gotta get this another episode of this going right here. Yes, I know I keep please. saying it. We are going to get this going. Buy that very dope. Very, very dope game. So what's the scenario? Dope card game. Go to so what, uh, so what games.com. Put in the promo code Apartment5B. You will get free shipping. Very dope game. I have no idea how me and Rel have not won this game. Uh, JR has won more games than this, which is a damn travesty to hip-hop. <laughs> um, that the R&B dude has won this game multiple times. Um, but we're going to do this game during the day because I'm kidnapping all of you until I win. So... We are going to be playing this game all day long. So definitely check this out. Um, Porsche, what you listening to this week? Honestly, um, I'm listening to, I just downloaded um, If Cocaine Could Talk 7, RJ Payne's new um, album that dropped on Monday. Okay. Um, and Amir has been putting out literally like every day he's been putting out a Lucy. Um, and it's a freestyle and it's dope as hell. So I keep reposting them. Um, they Those are in my like steady rotation um it's been all week so yeah you guys should check right. it out um amir drops those on his instagram and i shouldn't really be plugging amir when he's not here but definitely you want to check it out his stuff is so good all right no doubt bro what you been banging this week me um I somebody made a post about oc so i went back and i just i've been listening to the, all the OC albums, even the, the one with Apollo Brown. Um, and yeah, so I've been listening to OC. First two albums are five mics to me. And yep. that's a rare feat for somebody to come out with two straight five mic albums. But yeah, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of older stuff. So I was listening to OC recently on the plane, you know what I'm saying? Coming from Florida. All right, no doubt. Eddie, what you been banging this week? Yo, man, like King's Disease 2 has not left my car like all week. <laughs> 
Like okay. I just been running it back, running like I keep discovering something new. Like and and when Nas was on on that joint, damn, like he yeah. he was. All I'm saying, man, he was inspired, man. No doubt. Ed, what you banging? None. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know what, man? I want to go back into my uh, my CD crate. And you know, you always have CDs that never made it. The albums never made it to the industry or the labels. So I've been digging in, man, on some on some like real back in the day shit. I've been listening to some like some unreleased Bob shit that I had. Okay. So I'm just digging around, man. I'm I'm all over the place right now. But if it's if it's like from the '90s and it's on CD, yeah, I probably I'm probably playing it. All right, hold down, Rock. What you got? Uh, thinking Magic early in the week, and then I was listening to the Conway joint. Um, I don't know how. I feel what you about think that. of the Conway? Um, not. Yeah, I, I I like I like the earlier Conway to where like. A hundred niggas die in the album. I don't. I don't like this new Conway. <laughs> now I will say, I will say, I appreciate Jill spitting on this album. I appreciate that because it baffles me that it took this long for somebody to be like Jill. We need, a, we need some bars. Like that right. baffles me absolutely. So I appreciate that. But um, three mics, three mics. Nah, I feel you. I'm kind of teetering on that. I thought the Conway would would stay there. And again, this is the part we kind of did a show about. You know, because it's like, and I'm kind of worried with pushing, because he has said something like, yo, don't expect all drug raps. You know, I'm growing up and I'm like, uh oh, like, no, don't grow up, nigga. Like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I need don't, all drug raps. Yeah, don't do that, nigga. Like, yo, you need to do a, you need to do a guru to then do a Jasmine's ass when you do something else over here. But when you push it, see, nigga, all we want to hear is drugs shit that's it you know and the sad part with conway's i'm sure conway feels like yo i want to talk about something else and it's like that that that's cool nigga but you just gotta understand bro like this is what what we love you for and i know the artists will get on the fans like you won't let me grow and i've always told people outcast is a perfect example you can grow all you want as long as you just still make dope music you know what i mean like an artist love to get just production wise on this album, it isn't it for me. Like just from the door. Drugs. I need drugs. Yeah. So that that's the problem with that. Um I'm banging this uh ghetto gods joint, the Earth Gang joint right there. Um and then I'm also banging, man, this new Jasmine Sullivan, man. Um the hotels, but she got um it's the extended version. Oh man, it's some it's some bangers on here. So I, I don't know how this joint she got called um BPW, man, listen. Jazz's pin game may be the best game pin in the game R&B wise for the last 25 years, man. Her pin game is just crazy to me. And where is she from? Philadelphia. So, Eddie, give them everything, good brother. Where can they get at you, man? Yeah, man. Uh, so on Twitter at Eddie D80, uh, Instagram Freestyles, uh, Freestyles.com. Uh, yo, man, always you know uh, posting new stuff, man. You know. Uh, you know, I, I, I so, so, sometimes I take my time with it, man. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I'm 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 trying to go quantity uh, or quality over quantity, whatever. But uh, I got some new things coming. Um, I was actually uh, linking with Chaden, uh, uh, working on a little something with with, with Chaden. Um, we'll be here the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's interesting, man. Like really, really creative, man. Ch- Chaden's super creative, man. So, 
Yeah. All right, we got plans. F, tell them all about profit, good brother. Um, we're working on a um, it's a it's a multi-tiered uh, thing. It's a there's a film, there's a theater performance, there's a book. Um, right now it's entitled Profit. We're looking at the 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 journey of the MC. I'm also talking about the art form of the MC and making sure that people respects it and sees it as an art form. Um, so that happens uh, the fall. Everything premieres the fall of year. Um, the book and the and there's a vinyl album coming out too. That probably happened. It'll probably come out later on in the year. But that's what that is. Um, my Twitter stuff is mental one five one. Instagram is Evacis. And also, I got to put this out there too for the profit thing. Um, there is a very important part that we're doing that is, is community involvement kind of stuff and. You will see your brother kill eight eight nine in various locations, doing what he does. Doing I am going did. on the fucking road, y'all. Ev is taking me on the road, man. I'm about to be on the war tour out here. Yeah, with Ev, my man. Yeah, exactly. With Ev, my man. <laughs> DJ Rack One, let them know where they can get at you, good brother. Oh man. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter, right here. Y'all can see it. It's down there somewhere. At DJ Rec One, uh, Instagram is DJ Rec One and E. Uh, mixes are on MixShowRadio.com uh, and K102 Tennessee Radio. I do the throwback mixes for those two stations. I'm adding all my mixes to uh, Mixcloud. Uh, my Mixcloud, you can re- you can reach me on there at uh, DJ Rec One and E. Uh, the mixes will be up by the weekend. And let me just tell everybody out there, if you haven't heard of mix, uh, DJ Rec One mixtape, that's where you lost in the uh, infamous words of souls of mischief. Y'all see how many records are behind me. Y'all not seen all the records throughout the rest of the house. The first time I linked with Rec, he sent me a mixtape and was like, yo, you got time to check this out. And like five songs in, I'm like, yo, I ain't heard this song. I got every goddamn thing. Like literally, if you come to my crib, my hard drive, niggas come to my crib with their hard drives to copy my hard drive. So for him to play three or four songs that I ain't heard in forever, I was like, nigga, I think that's how you start coming on the show. I think I was like, yo, you got to come on the show. I, I asked for your opinion because I just started getting back in the mix and I didn't have a space for my stuff. Uh, wife moved to Houston, so I used Chase's room and started my mixtapes back up. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we linked up. So just to tell you, that's how crazy his mixes are. So you definitely got to check sure, that man. out. Rel, let them know where they can get at you, good brother. Uh, Uptown Rel215 on Twitter. Uh, Jben215 on... No, Uptown Rel215 on the ground. I'm about to say you had to switch it, right? On the ground, yeah, I had to switch it. And Jben215 on Twitter. Um, and man, hopefully, you know, with the COVID restrictions loosening, yes. I'm trying to, you know, trying to get out there, man. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, I can get up and I can meet some of y'all in person. You know what I'm Don't saying? Don't worry, that's Hopefully. happening. So, P, P gonna so make that work. Yeah. And, and here's the wild work. part: I, no are, you, are you are you ready to let the cat out the bag with what you're working on? Or are you still keeping that under wraps? No, nah, we let it out. We let it out. We so Rel's rhyming again. So oh, you know, in oh, a hot minute, it ain't gonna be nothing for you know. He gonna be over here in the lab. So you know, we, say we less, my brother. Yeah, say less. Yo, I got inspired. I ain't wrote a rhyme in about five years, but you know, like Ed was saying, like you know, what what fuels you and what inspires you, and I, you know, I got that feeling back again. So I just been 
writing i'm working on yeah. working on a little something man yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's coming c- coming soon yeah send that send that coming soon so yeah and since Rick is walking around throwing up empties and that's good what you oh, got yo jesus you christ know, man you've been you fucking that, around that, with the, the the machine's so light <laughs> Lord, I ain't picked this thing up in years, but uh, whatever Porsche decides, yo, this shit is heavy. Whatever Porsche decides she wants to make beats, this has been sitting here waiting for her. So whenever she, all she gotta do is get the j- jump drive fixed. Or, or, or she, she's got an MP two thousand XL waiting for her. That's some vinyl for whenever she's ready. So that's some vinyl for you, P. Come on. Oh, nice. Yo, I remember when I first got this, I was like, yo, this, I'm coming from the ASR, and y'all know how heavy, if y'all don't know, the ASR is heavy, it's oh, now Ev got to pull out his, no, I'm just saying, look how wide that shit is, yeah, like, if I picked up my machine, but it's on right now, bro, but Ev, here's the thing, coming from the ASR 10, I thought this was so portable, I was like, yo, I could make beats right here on my lap, like, bro, this thing heavy as hell, so Porsche, whenever you, you ready to rock. Uh, of course, let them know where they can get at you. Uh, on Twitter at Porsche, and um, we do Twitter Spaces on Monday nights at six fifteen Pacific Standard Time and nine fifteen PM Eastern Standard Time. Um, yeah, on Twitter Spaces. All right, and y'all already know this with me, Kill Eight Eight Nine Twitter IG will make Well, I gotta know what you wearing today, sneakers. What you got? Oh man, I took them off. I got on a pair of dunks. I got on uh, uh, a pair of dunks that I, uh, yeah. Today was brought to you by my Gym Red ones. I Ooh. love these joints. God, man, yeah. I love these joints right yeah. here. Just a beautiful pair of ones. Uh, anybody on. out there, birthday is coming up. All of you viewers out there. So, yes, you know, love my, ones. Yes, Minus yes, Tuesday. Minus Tuesday, by okay. the way. Oh, March, there you March go. 8th. There you go. I'm going to make March that happen. Minus in three weeks. All right, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Y'all already know what it is. I will check y'all next week, y'all. Yeah, guys.